0: Get it going. It's time to get up. Blazers have a chance here. CJ. Ball in hand. Rises up for two. It's good! What else can you say about CJ McCollum this season? These guys are here to break it all
1: down. It would be cheaper for us to shut the doors and not play. We
2: are going to run through more money at the club level and at the league level by playing
0: than by not playing. Let's have a little fun and make you a winner. Well, you know what, you guys get along. This is the starting lineup with James Cebulski and Perry Solkowski.
3: Thanks, Gary. Appreciate that. Rise and shine, Metro Vancouver. It is Tuesday, January the 12th. NHL season eve. This is the starting lineup here on your home of the Canucks Sportsnet 650. James Cebulski here. Perry Solkowski there. Greg Balick on the other side of the glass. Dunbar Lumber text line always open at 650-650. At Sportsnet 650 is where you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. And we are ready to roll the night before puck drops on this NHL season and for the Vancouver Canucks. And pair last night, man, I guess we're just waiting at some point now for another massive breakout in the state of Alabama after that roll tide win last night and the Ooh. celebration on the streets. Wow. First <laughs> off, could the
4: greatest greatest half of football ever played by receiver, Devontae Smith. Was oh, my ridiculous. God. Ridiculous. Man. But, yeah, that's exactly it, right? Everybody hits the streets and celebrates. Hey, credit to college football, who I didn't think should push it and and did and ohio state played what six regular season games but it's almost like okay get it done that was the fall it's over with let's clear the plates everybody ready nba deciding where they're going as they continue to have struggles but man i believe there is a musical is there not where someone sings one more day um and that's what we're getting set for one more day and and the surprise yesterday as this Canuck teams get set and and James, I was the guy going, oh, it might be the step backwards for this team to be better next year. But man, I'm excited to see what they're going to put out in Edmonton. It'll take a while. But predictions everywhere, and a lot of people are just thinking, hey, this Vancouver team, yeah, you're you're one of the top three you're going to find in the Gord Downey Canadian division. It's going to be fantastic.
3: You know, we were both probably the haters last month in December we talked about this, where we see the Canucks kind of sitting and... I think we were both of the opinion we saw them sitting on the outside looking in, going into the start of this North Division and what this NHL season will look like. Tell you what, going down to the rink at Rogers Arena yesterday, first off, man, it was nice to watch some hockey live and to get out of my house and actually see live human beings moving around. And Yeah, I may be up in the nosebleed section with the rest of the media, but uh, you know, watching that team out there, this is a deep-looking team. You know, we'll see what, obviously, injuries do to this team, and there will be injuries, and guys will miss time. But, you know, on paper, you know, Travis Hammonick stepping into the lineup yesterday, pair right away, and playing alongside Quinn Hughes and – You know, looks solid. And and all things considered, listening to what Travis Green was saying, I think they were probably ready to get him going sooner rather than later. You know, he's going to be part of the top penalty-killing unit, playing alongside with Quinn Hughes. So that's pretty much a top-four pairing right there. Um, But you look up front, I guess Hoaglander, can he keep up with Horvat and Tanner Pearson? Uh, Is it sustainable after what was a a dynamite week in training camp? Uh, Some questions. But it's, it's exciting. Uh, you know, I, I'll tell you what, Braden Holpe looked really comfortable. And, and, you know, I mean, how do you judge somebody's performance in just a practice as a goalie? But I'll tell you what, Braden Holpe looks like he could be poised for a bounce-back year. And, you know, you look about a prime candidate who could bounce back. Braden Holpe might be a guy that you could look at and say, this guy could be exactly the hope that you're you're looking at a guy that, not the guy from last year, but the guy from a couple of years ago that, help backstop the Washington Capitals to a Stanley Cup. Maybe he's closer to that as opposed to what we saw last year.
4: Well, and isn't it kind of what the topic of the last 24 hours are? You have to realize if that was a bad year or the guys on the decline. I don't think there's any question that Braden Holpe had a tough year, different system, he will be better. But James, a hockey team is as good, and as they say in any sport, as strong as your weakest link. And so we have watched this team flutter for five years, where we could use the names like Jason Magda and Lyndon Bay, and others who have come up and had Michael an Chapoo, <laughs> right? But I think we realized yesterday, and the organization told us, you know, Louis Erickson is a weak link. If we were putting out a twenty-three man roster, he has now gone from the promise to the decline, but still responsible enough, and we have young guys to. Actually, we've have enough guys past Louis Erickson that he doesn't have to be a part of our future. We may see him. I think we will see him before the year is done. But the organization sent a, said a, said a message yesterday to everybody in that room that he's been great. Bo Horvath said as much. But they obviously think we're now better. That weak link is gone. We've gotten better as a team. And I think that sends a big message to everybody inside that dressing room, as difficult as it is. Like no, you guys have improved to this link. We'll be better without him right now.
3: Not only that pair, and maybe some people don't want to necessarily hear this, but you gotta give Francesco Aquilini some credit to be willing to say for okay, sure, make the move right to to put to in theory to in theory, and we'll wait and see. Come nine o'clock this morning, where Louis and Sven ultimately land. But to put both those guys, you're talking over $9 million of salary in terms of cap hit. Now, we know what the actual dollars are, but there's a $6 million AAV and another $3 million AAV for Bear cheap. You're talking $9 million of players, right? I mean, you know, I'm sure you don't love seeing that as an owner saying, wait a minute, you told me that these, we needed to pay these guys and we're doing them where? I mean, you got to give Francesco some credit to say, okay, let's let's make the move.
4: Brian Burke tells us often of the story of you don't know what it's like as a GM when you go into an owner's office and say, this is what I want to do. And he goes, OK, yeah, he's going to help us here, there. Yeah. I'll, OK, let's go get him. Here's the here's the paycheck. Now go, go, go write him, get him there. And he said to have to walk down that office or make that phone call to the owner and say, hey, you know what I told you years ago that he would be a help. Do you mind if you eat that money? I'd like to apologize to you right now. Now, I think the different things with Louis is this wasn't unexpected. James, a year ago when we were trying to figure out what would this team look like on opening night, we, you know, we kind of had Adam Gaudet going down simply because of the money he made. Ah, uh, Berchi's going to make it. And we go, wow, Sven Berchi goes, oh, good, on, good on the Canucks. They're going to eat that salary. But never really the conversation of Louis always stood there, but you go, you know, it's just not realistic. There was more money on the books. But you're exactly right. I mean – Think what you want of the owner of this team, and please think about it with the mask on because that's not going to help you in the situation. But he has never stopped, and he is a Canucks fan to begin with, and this is not a year where anybody owning a hockey team is going to go, wow, going to have a really good year at the gate. Um, But he makes the move, and I think he realizes it's not just the dollars, but it's the opportunity if Louis Erickson is part of this everyday roster that they take away from getting better next year. So whether that's more ice time for a Zach McHugh, whether that's Chase Herlock, if Louis Erickson is there, and again, I think we may see him in the uniform, but it does stunt the growth of someone else who might be a bigger part of the future of the Vancouver Canucks.
3: Well, I mean, you look at that, even the the top nine, you look at what this team has kind of done in terms of the development and the growth along the way. You know, Pedersen-Besser draft picks, Horvat draft pick, Hoaglander draft pick, Gaudette for 10, and all draft picks, right? Like, that's, you know, there's there's six of your top nine that were all drafted, kind of grown within the organization. You know, on your fourth line, you know, Sutter is a trade, Beagle a trade, Mott, you know, you picked up as a guy who hadn't really quite established himself, and that's turned out to be a nice find here organizationally. You know, on the back end, I'll tell you what, you know, and I've been a pretty big critic of the guy, but Louis uh, Olevi, playing alongside Tyler Myers' pair. Yeah. And it, it it's not like he's wowed anybody in camp. It's not like he's doing something flashy. But, you know, you might be looking at a little bit of steady Eddie 2.0 just based on the, what the camp has been. Right now, hey, look, he's eased in with a third pairing, and he's playing alongside of a pretty solid veteran of the National Hockey League and Tyler Myers. But, you know, those two guys have had a lot of time together over the last week. They're pretty much, you know, frickin' fracked together and they're playing in a power uh, penalty-killing unit together as well, but they've kept that pairing together, and, you know, they've looked all right. I think when you've asked anybody and, and people curious about Oleo Levy, I think most people that have watched camp over the last week would say, you know what, solid, not spectacular, right? And that's okay, and, you know, the the growth for this organization to finally see some of these seeds that were planted for the last six years or so they're finally starting to sprout into something legit. Like this garden is starting to blossom.
4: Well, and you think of Ole Olevi when he was drafted, it wasn't like he is going to be a great puck moving defenseman, blah, blah, blah. It's just, hey, man, this guy is just rock solid everywhere. And because of all the injuries that his body endured, it has taken him a long time. But James, if he gets there and he is unequivocally, yeah, no, he's always gonna be a, you know, he's in our top six. We gotta move him up we can. I think also, you know. We're not that far removed from July when you saw injuries in August. Tyler defoley's down. He'd go, what do you do? And it was Louis Erickson that moved into that role. And all of a sudden, hi, Bo. I'm here again on the right side with you. Now I think the thought process for the Canucks would be, all right, we'll just simply move up the depth chart. Someone gets hurt in the top six role. Jake, you move up. Zach, you come from the player's press box and come down. You're going to play on the wing there. We've got Sutter who can move wherever you need. And, you know, into the equation in three months, we'll come pod Coulson. So the numbers just don't make sense. But you're right. What they've put in front through some good trades, some decent free agent signings. I mean, let's let's be honest. Jim Benning will never get past the Louis Erickson mistake. But you're allowed to make a couple mistakes as a GM. You just have to make sure what you've done right. And he's done it at the draft table and he's done it with some trades. It can somehow get past, you know, the albatross that was Louis Erickson. And this team has been able to get past that in the last couple of years.
3: Well and 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 to see to be able to make that move now like I didn't see it coming now um but the fact that it's it's happening uh, the fact that he was placed on waivers I think a lot of people are kind of seeing that as we signed off yesterday they go whoa hey, hey all right and It is. It does, Mark, a a major step forward for this organization where the where the depth is, where you're not just sitting there and and Travis Green being thrust into a position to try to sell and justify this guy on the roster. And, you know, there is an element of the fact that from from a human nature standpoint within the room, hey, Louis was a well-liked guy. You know, he showed up as a professional. He came to compete. He's got almost a thousand games under his belt. Here's what Captain Bo Horvat had to say on the move yesterday with respect to Louis Erickson being placed on waivers.
4: You know, we've played some good hockey together too. And every time he's, he stepped in and, and, and needed to to play well to shut guys down or, you know, to jump in with 10 and I, he's, he's really stepped in and played well. And, you know, I lose a guy that he, he wants to win and he wants to compete and, and wants to be here. You know, unfortunately it's, it's uh, it's a business at the end of the day, and it, hopefully he can uh, come back and and, uh, and get in the lineup. I
3: think Horvat pretty empathetic, but, you know, and that was the one thing that Louis could kind of, you could put him in a checking role pair, you could kill penalties, uh, and then he would go up into that top six, uh, and we saw it a lot and way too much for I think a lot of people's liking because of the simple fact that this guy just lost his confidence offensively, right? I mean, here's a guy who was coming off a 30-goal campaign when he signed here, and, you know, offense died on Louis' stick once he became a Vancouver Canuck. And it's just one of those perplexing things. But, man, he went off a cliff in a big way here. It was
4: interesting to see. And, you know, confidence is such a thing. You see it with any sport, any elite athlete, they're at a level, and then all of a sudden they can't. Credit Louis Erickson that he realized, you know, if I can't score, and Lord knows he couldn't, and when he did, this team always won, it seemed, um, (laughs) I will be responsible. And Travis Green talked about it. Now, now, it's our poll question this morning. Where do you expect Louis Erickson to start the season? The taxi squad, which really I'd like to call ride-sharing squad, um, or Utica, right? Uh, and, and here's the thing that, that everybody has to understand. You know, if ever there's a year for Louis Erickson to be making a, a minor league paycheck, and that's what those on the taxi squad would, and Louis's made most of his money, um, it's this year. Because Louis Erickson, this taxi squad, they'll be with the team. They'll travel with the team. So, James, for me, yesterday was the surprise punch. But are the Vancouver Canucks dealing a knockout blow today? That's what will be interesting. I say they won't. And that knockout blow would be announcing that Louis Erickson's off to Utica. Because if you send him to Utica with quarantine, you're effectively going, Louis, you're really not in our plans anymore at all. Mm. Do you want to stay there? Or does that lead the Ericsson camp to go, you know what? Thanks so much. Uh, but honestly, with my family, jumping on buses, knowing that you don't have any plans for me to be with the big team anymore, I might look at going back to Sweden. So, punch number one yesterday, going, wow, they'll do that. But are they going to give up on a reliable NHL player to fill the void and say you're off to Utica? Or do they keep him around where he'll travel with the team and you get an injury? I don't think he's the first, maybe even the second forward called in. But he still could be in the uniform. That's what I'm interested to see this morning
3: you You've got a guy that you're paying, whether you like it or not, for another eighteen months with a cap hit of six million dollars i to me, it makes way more sense to keep him on the taxi squad because what we what have we been talking about for the last month? you know injuries are going to happen you know depth's going to be key. You know, the fact that this organization's at a point where you don't need him to be into the lineup for opening night, that's a plus. But, you know, if Louis Erickson is, say, option number three or four on this team, you know, to pull in off the taxi squad, that's okay. You know, you need a big game. Somebody goes down, a Sutter goes down. And, hey, have we seen Brandon Sutter get hurt at certain points this season? Right? As, yeah. as have we seen, have we seen Jay Beagle get hurt as a Vancouver Canucks right? Like those are guys who are valuable penalty killers. So, I think to keep Louis in that position. But you know, camberra as you alluded to, pair Camber with the with the stat of the day yesterday, reminding everybody he's had this stat kind of back pocketed for pretty much the entire duration of Louis' time here in Vancouver. But if Louis Erickson did play his final game in Vancouver, the greatest in maybe the worst stat will officially be put to bed. Canucks twenty nine wins, one regulation loss, and four bonus points, uh the bonus point losses when Louis scores a goal. Twenty-nine, one and four when Louis actually scored. Insane. That is Only crazy. one regulation loss. Was,
4: if Louis Erickson ever leaves gonna listen, if they gave me more ice time when I scored, we won. It was simple as that. But here's the thing don't forget James, if if he goes to Utica and then says it's not for me you know, you're going to be working on an agreement to essentially end his NHL contract. So there are savings that would be made, right? To go, you know what, I'm done. I'm going to retire. I'm going over to, I'm going over to play in Sweden. Oh, all of a sudden, you're out of that $6 million cap hit. So there is a final play. You've paid him his money. But if he decides he'll walk away, then he's walking away and he's no longer on the books, period. So that's why I think there still is that other play from the Canucks to wonder if Louis Erickson wants the money that bad that he'd ride a bus in Utica. But by, by all means, him being demoted to the taxi squad, that's, that's a blow to the ego and a tough one that you're not hanging out with these guys, but you kind of are on the outside right now and would be all year long. And I expect that's where he is. It's funny, the poll question, a lot of people up this morning, please go to on Sportsnet 650. It's pretty split. That's where I am. They're wondering. 56 say he's going to be with the taxi squad. 43% say I bet you they'll move him down to Utica. So um, interesting to see what takes place with this hockey team in the next three hours.
3: Uh, a couple of other stories uh, involving finances this morning in the National Hockey oh. League. Uh, Gary, first off, Gary Bettman uh, speaking to to reporters uh, yesterday on the on the uh, what we here we are the eve before the puck drops on this uh, 2021 season, and essentially alluding to the fact that look the losses right now they're not in the millions. They're do- they're talking the B word in the National Hockey League. Here was Gary Bettman in a conference call with reporters yesterday.
1: Our gate
2: directly and indirectly, people at our games, the revenues generated directly and indirectly from people at our games is somewhere around 50% of our revenues. I know I, I read, you know, commentary that says it's 60, it's 70, it's 80, it's not that much. It's directly and indirectly, it's about 50%. And by that, uh, it's ticket sales, it's, it's concessions. It's suites, it's parking, it's it's a whole bunch of things, but that that's what's in it. the The magnitude of the loss uh, when you add it all up starts with a B. Uh, we're we're out of the M range and into
1: the B range.
3: So, you know, fifty percent gate driven, right? Like that's that's a huge hit for the National Hockey League when you compare to to the billions of dollars that the National Football League benefits from from a TV standpoint. Uh, And then how about the NBA, right? I mean, they had, what, a $24 billion uh, television contract that was signed. I mean, like just monstrous, monstrous television deals that allow for, you know, these leagues to continue to play with no fans in the stands. Would they like fans? Sure, absolutely. But, Pair, this is a league, when you talk about the NHL, (laughs) they need fans in the stands way more than the National Football League
4: and the NBA do. It's a league that ever since Gary Bettman took over and he's done a decent job with it, has always wanted to think they're you know they're they're the big four. But it it is it's NFL football, it's major league baseball, and it's the NBA. They're at the party, they're the cool kids. And the NHL is going, kind of, hey, can I hang out with you? Um, I, I thought Gary Bittman and we played part of the clips It kind of took his show, you know, we're not making any money. The owners aren't making any money here. Well, listen, that's not like the players are looking at their full paycheck either. I don't know when you're 24 hours from dropping the puck and the players are going, Hey, we'll, we'll do whatever it takes to play. If there was a need to, in, in my mind, Hey, he's telling the truth, but I, I just thought there were some things where he divided it a little bit. Like, let's just celebrate the game. The business side is not going to be pretty. It needs fans back. But let's just embrace that hockey is going to be back. The owners are sacrificing. The players will sacrifice. And fans will do what they can. But you're right. It's such a loss of revenue for them. But for you, there's no way they couldn't have played, James. Can you imagine if we're just getting set for football, watching the basketball season, and the Canucks are twiddling their thumbs, and the NHL goes, no, we, we can't get it done. You had to play. You're not going to win but maybe you make it up in the next four or five years when things are back to normal.
3: Well, and and keep in mind that there were a lot of owners that were more of the opinion that, you know what? Yeah. Let's not play. I'll make more money by not playing than actually playing, and Bettman alluded to the, certainly that. Uh, the other financial story comes uh, in in the way of a local product who is now in the Bay Area. I'm talking about former Vancouver giant Evander Kane and the story that he has filed for Chapter 7 bankruptcy in um in California. Pair this is this is crazy. I mean, you know, you hear stories about athletes um, that kind of lose it all uh and and here's another one here which is just absolutely stunning. Here's a guy who's made what? He just signed a 7-year deal worth uh, almost 50 million dollars the extension to stay with San Jose, but that he has filed for bankruptcy with uh, liabilities of almost 27 million dollars.
4: 1 point uh, six million in gambling debts from last year oh. I'm always leery when I say always filed for bankruptcy because what's gonna eat? You look at the president who runs the cruncher down there because there's you know it it's it's a smart play to get away from some people but there's no way you can deny that evander Kane has made some really tough and stupid decisions with the money he's made 26 million. Uh includes that he's got $10 million on assets. Here's the guy who signed that $49 million with the Sharks. Sharks apparently were paying one of the loans that Kane had out. And it's difficult because I think in this city, having watched Evander Kane and he grew up here and, and everyone loves the Vancouver boy in the story and what he did for the Giants and how he's tried to kind of turn it around and help out and get rid of any stigma that's been surrounding him steps up with the the nhl diversity and wants to be a spokesperson i think there'll be a lot of people james Uh that go man just a vendor get your own house in order first and it doesn't appear that he has his own house in order right now
3: unfortunately it's a it's a bad look for a guy who has tried to be more of an augmented voice um and to use his platform, you're right. Uh, and and how, does that, how does that reflect? Like, look, I mean, he's not the only one to go through this as a high-profile athlete, right? Like Mike Tyson, yep. Evander Holyfield, Michael Vick, Vince Young, uh, Antoine Walker made over $100 million and, and lost it. Lenny Dykstra, I mean, there's a whole different story. You know what happened to Brian Trottier? Um, You know, Jack Johnson sure. is a story most recently, and, that, and that's a sad one because he got swindled out of his money by his family. Right. Where, where this one, Jason, just...
4: there's a story on Jason and James, sorry, mm-hmm. that he, you know, with a bad investment, um, but Evander seems to be bad decisions, too.
3: Well, and and that's and that's it. Like it's it's just the maturity and and all the off ice issue stories that all of a sudden compound when you see this one, right? Like there's there's that picture from eight years ago, paired during the NHL lockout, yeah. where Evander's posing in Vegas, holding a stack of bills to his ears, like he's on his phone, and you know how does that how does that picture hold up now, right? And and there's a lot of people taking to Twitter and posting that picture after this story kind of unfolds and. You know I I'm sure it's humiliating for Evander to have to go through this, but you know, some of the some of the legal accusations he's had to deal with over the years, you know, to see him the way he kinda left, you know, Winnipeg going back a few years ago. You know, there's a lawsuit filed by Centennial Bank that have not only filed lawsuit against Kane, but they're also chasing the sharks in this. They're looking for eight million dollars, saying that look, you know, Kane's apparently refusing to pay back the money and the team is unwilling to directly deposit the the amount that they're looking to try to get back. So, um, I mean, this is an ugly story based on the filings and the details that were kind of posted in a story by The Athletic last night. And, and a lot of people talking about it. And And unfortunately, Evander Kane's is going to have to deal with this now, right? Like this is a story that's going to sit over him. That's It's an unfortunate one, but it's one that it sounds like it's the mess that he created.
4: It, and in it, he actually states, and whether it's true, and maybe it's because you want to say you can't work that thoughts that he may not play this year because yeah. of his child and the COVID concerns. And I don't know if that's a, a a tactic that is used, but it's you don't hear it that much. Sounds in like posturing, right, surrounded with so much financial advice, yeah. right? But you got to take that advice. You got to have everybody in place to go. Here's what you're doing with your money. But if you don't want to listen to that, then it becomes difficult, and that's where they, you know it, it becomes a little bit of hypocrisy okay, you weren't listening and making wise decisions here, but now you want to be the voice of what we should be doing and right the wrongs and, and make sure the NHL is a better game. It's, it's a tough day for Evander Kane, everyone around him. Hope he straightens it out, but it sounds like a lot of this was self-inflicted.
3: You know, it was, you know, even the stories that, you know, when he tries to do good, it was a story a couple of years ago, delivering pizzas to people in the downtown east side, which you love to see, and then other people kind of pointing out, yeah, he showed up in a Lamborghini to do it, right? It's it's that sort of... Uh, that sort of optic that he's had to deal with. Uh, and I think he's created a lot of that in the 10 years that he's been an NHL player. All right, 26 minutes after 6 o'clock, uh, we're getting closer and closer to puck drop to start the 2021 season tomorrow. Lots to get to. Louis DeBrus dropping by from Hockey Night in Canada. It's for Tuesday. Big Burt's going to join us coming up at the top of the clock as well. Dan Murphy on your Canucks commute coming up at 8 o'clock this morning. Six fifty, six fifty. the Dunbar Lumber text line. Always welcome your conversation and tomorrow. Oh yeah, we get excited for the Canucks season to start, but don't forget January 11th, 2021, a day Canucks fans won't soon forget, and for the better, we'll tell you all about it next right here on your home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650.
0: You know, I was like to take this opportunity to talk about myself. Seaball says on Sportsnet 650.
3: Well, it was a day that Canucks fans could only dream of. But even with the suggested reports that Louis Erickson could be sent to Utica just didn't seem realistic. Not with a taxi squad, and yet... I, along with many others, seem to be proven wrong, at least for now. Monday afternoon, a day that will live in Canucks infamy, as Jim Benning picked up arguably the biggest win since drafting Quinn Hughes when he placed the 35-year-old Swedish winger on waivers, something Canucks fans have been waiting two to three years for. Erickson came to Vancouver initially as a backup plan after local boy and former Vancouver giant Milan Lucic chose Alberta over B.C. Louis was coming off a 30-goal campaign in Boston, inked a six-year deal worth $36 million with a whopping $6 million average annual value, AAV. He had a history of scoring goals and was supposed to be the tonic for the final years for Daniel and Henrik Sedin. And it turned into a dumpster fire as he mustered just 38 goals in 245 games as a Canuck. There were even warning signs at the World Cup of Hockey in 2016. And then there was his ominous debut at Rogers Arena. Look out! No! Louis Erickson has put it into his own net! It didn't help as he battled injuries as well in his first couple of seasons, but Louie was a bust. He was ridiculed by fans and media and even earned the nickname Little Things when Travis Green tried to defend his overpaid veteran. Erickson endured merciless chirping and heckling from fans, and while the argument can be made he was well paid, there's still a human element involved. He's just 30 games away from reaching the magical 1,000 for his career but he doesn't seem to be in a position to reach it. Nevertheless, if this is indeed it for Erickson, Louis will go down as the worst signing in Canucks history. Sure, there will be part of the market that will argue for Messier, but at least the Hall of Fame captain still put up 162 points in just over 200 career games in Vancouver. Louis gave Canucks fans a mild reason for appreciation with a few solid minutes during a few games in the playoffs last summer but nothing ever came close to the value of his contract it remains to be seen if we've actually seen the last of them and it was suggested to me last night that we may not have seen the last of louis just yet but four years and six months after signing the veteran forward the team has finally developed traded signed and drafted enough talent to finally push the Albatross contract to the side for now. He won't be officially off the books until summer 2022, but in the meantime, Canucks fans can breathe a little easier on the eve of the season knowing number 21 won't be taking up a spot in the top six, nor will he be idling anywhere on the opening night roster, or at least for now. Oh, yeah. The contract will still impede some financial moves for at least another 18 months, but some credit also be needs to be given here to Francesco Aquilini, the owner of the Vancouver Canucks, who ultimately signed off on not only punting Erickson, but also willing to send another $3 million and spend bear to potentially the American League. Again, that's over $9 million in salary. Not ideal, but credit is due. So goodbye to Louis. You cost me my hair when I was convinced you'd score more than 11 goals in year number two of your contract, but I was wrong again. So save the date, and remember, January 11, 2021, a day that may mark good riddance to Louis for the betterment of a franchise that finally seems ready to win. And that's this morning's Seaball Says with a little love to Perry with some old-school nylons.
4: Up the ladder to the roof, that's what they thought they would get from Louis Erickson when they signed him. Only five players left from that roster when they brought him on board to play with the Sedins. Hate to say it, though, James, we can take that last 10 seconds where you take this date and stamp it as to when the team said goodbye But I bet you within the next two months, I will be able to play you a Louis Erickson goal before we're finished. I think he will score this season because this team threw the right hand yesterday. But you know what? They did not knock him out. And by knocking him out, they have to bring Louis Erickson to Utica and say, guess what? You're just not in our plans anymore. We have so many options that. We feel may not be better than you right now because of your experience and what you can do and how responsible you are at the highest level. But we will be better for them to get ice time than you. And by doing that this morning, they have to say, Louie, you're off the Utica. And I don't think that's happening because what have we talked about? You're going to need some depth guys on a taxi squad who can help out. And Louie is a depth guy that in a situation anywhere on that lineup on the right side, lines one through four, Can help out. I love that the team did that yesterday, but that was kind of just the first step. I don't think they're in a position to throw the knockout blow on Louis Erickson right now and say, you know what? Utica is where you're going to play. You're actually not even going to be hanging around this team. It was a step, but it wasn't the final final blow. He'll score before the season is done.
3: Oh, What's the bet? The over/under? One goal? Say, one one goal? Bet? One goal? It
4: sounded like I just put a bet out there.
3: Okay, yeah. What? Okay. What's what's the per, what's the parameters? And is the over/under just simply one? Will Louis Erickson score a goal? I don't think he gets a goal oh. this year. Well, I mean, this bet can't be made one, until one we goal. find it where yeah. he's sent. Yes. Right. Yeah. Well, I think we'll have well, things will be clear. Things will be clearer as we sign off, right? Knowing one way or another uh, if Louis clears waivers. Um, we'll, get that, uh, we'll get that finality coming up at 9 o'clock this morning. But I... Uh, <laughs> well, uh, people I, text I, I, I us say on no. the number
4: line text line. I think that's a fair bet. Does Louis Erickson score a goal? We have to find out if he's here and in the taxi squad. And then I'll make that bet with you. People can suggest what we should be betting. Uh, but the, But it sent a message... Right, It sent a message to everyone, and unfortunately to Louie, and maybe Louie knew that was the case. Coming in, you kind of wondered, hey, he wasn't at his best. Maybe there were conversations. I don't think anything help- happens to a player near the end of the career where they don't get a pretty good idea. And as soon as Hoaglander gets that spot and gets rave reviews, if Niels Hoaglander comes in and we're talking about after two or three days, yeah, he's just not ready yet. He's going to need some seasoning. That's the way it's going to be. Well, where else are you going? You're either moving Jacob, and then you've got a slot, and Louis Erickson continues to see where he is. But Hoaglander came in, and to me, he's the guy that forced Louis Erickson to go your taxi squad, or maybe even the guy that goes, you're on your way to Utica because we're going to have this Pod Colson kid coming up, and we just don't have a space anymore for a body that's not part of our future.
3: 650, 650, the Dubbar Lumber Text line. A lot of people jumping in here bright and early this morning. Gurman and Langley uh, saying 100% he'll be in the lineup by game five when it comes to Louis Erickson. Torgi and Langley, crazy stat with the Canucks winning record when Louis scores. If you break down Louis' goals per dollar, he's made just north of $800,000 per goal.
4: <laughs> yeah. Wow. I said He was supposed to be something he wasn't, and it happens, right? It happens. We could probably go through a long list of guys who signed big deals, and it just, well, not worth it. Not, not It just didn't work. Scott Gomez. What, we brought Scott Gomez up in a conversation a long time ago. He was making $10 million. For what? Like it just didn't work. Carl Olsner, a guy who made some really big money and just did. Perry. You, know, you have the credit to Louis Erickson. He was a more complete hockey player than when he couldn't score he at least was a value, right? He was a value, not $6 million of value, but he didn't really hurt the hockey team. Let's not forget, we were celebrating how well this team was playing in the bubble. Louis Erickson was a big part of it. Tyler Toffoli was hurt. And Louis Erickson was sitting with Bo Horvat. Bo was playing some of his best hockey. And Louis Erickson was on that line.
3: Um. Bobby Hole you go back almost 20 years ago, how bad that was like. and That was $9 million a year 20 years ago. You know, Wade Redden, I mean, how did that contract impact the Rangers? You know, Brad Richards signing that massive deal going back when he became a free agent. You know, he, you know Louis's not the only one. Um, you know, another text in here Canucks' record of 29 wins, one loss when he scores is because more than half his goals were empty netters. <laughs> Other text in here at six fifty six fifty. Too bad we can't put you on waivers like Erickson Sibalsky. Oh, yes. thanks. That's, Shout that's out warm. to someone who
4: texts. Didn't Kane teach you guys anything about betting? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I could. Yeah, you know what? I, I, it was like he. It was like Evander Kane gave me advice for the NFL picks that I had on the weekend. Man, oh <laughs> five and one in the NFL. Thankfully, I took the over last night to uh, to to try to help correct things a little bit last night with Alabama and Ohio State. But you know, well, there was talk. Me. Was I, I, about I'm Evander. going with
4: a buddy, and, and you know what? We had a hundred, thousand percent increase on our betting through the NFL, and I hit everything last night with Alabama. And I'm reading that, and I text my pal. I go, should I reach out to Evander because he lost one point two billion or one point six? I go, we're much better than that. Think of the money we would have made. He'd be up to ten million now if he gave us his bankroll.
2: <laughs> um,
4: thank, thank you to Jason and his fans. Said Louis will not score this season, or I'll buy the gang at sports six fifty lunch if he does. I love a bet like that where Jason doesn't say what we have to give him, but Jason, we just read your
0: text, so there you go. Yeah.
3: Jason, It'll shout be... out to Jason. That's that. That's a. That's a nice. That's a nice positive vibe to start. I, I like it. I'm. I'm. I'm with. Uh, I'm with Jason. I don't think he. Uh, I don't think he scores this year. So Jason, I'll. I'll. I'll contribute to that. Uh, to that lunch. Uh, I'll. I'll split that lunch with you, and then Perry, you got to buy us lunch, if Louis does score, or if uh, doesn't. If score. we're wrong. Yeah, yeah,
4: and, and you know what? And and I feel bad because you know you're talking about people. Louis made his money. I I hope we don't see Louis Erickson anymore. I think it's better for the team if we don't see him anymore to turn that page. And I think that's what the organization said. There's turning the page, which they did yesterday. And then there's okay, what's logical here? And to have an NHL player salary out of the mindset and go, you know, this guy's going to be able to help us. Let's go through this scenario. We have COVID scare. We lose a couple guys on the right wing. What's our option? You know, Cole coming up or Louis Erickson's there? Louis Erickson's still a, a guy who wins that comparison to say, hey, he, he can still help us out. You know, you see the Corey Perrys of the world. You know, Corey Perry, Louis Erickson, they're kind of the same, you know, this, the same kind of player right now. Give me a little bit of responsibility, veteran. And the only difference is the contract and the number they make. So if you can get rid of that number, Louis Erickson can still help you on a taxi squad. I think that's what we'll hear this morning. He's a taxi squad guy. If they send him to Utica, they might be opening up some money because he may say, I'm done with this. Let's let's agree to disagree. I'm going to go back to Sweden and terminate my NHL contract. Can I just get that money back on the salary cap and go, okay, we've got some money to play with later on down the line. Uh, 644
3: here on this uh, Tuesday morning. He's Perry Selkowski. I'm James Sobalski. Todd Bertuzzi. It's for Tuesday. He's going to join us coming up at 7 o'clock. And in a moment, no BS pair.
4: Just PS. Chase Claypool, love what you did on the football field, not what you did yesterday. That's all ahead on the official home of the Vancouver Canucks. Sports at 650.
0: He always tries to be ahead of the game. Harry was in front. Finding stories that matter, sort of. We call BS. You want it. I want the truth. It's not BS, just P.S. with Perry Solkowski.
4: Stories behind the story. It's time for a little bit of P.S. Uh, P.S., Sunday's incredible rookie season came to an end for Abbotsford Chase Claypool. Steelers lost to the Browns, but boy, it didn't end there yesterday. He had over a million views of this comment.
1: You know, a bad loss, but um, Browns are going to get clapped next week, so it's all good.
4: Chase, be humble when you win. Accept defeat with some grace. James, not a good look from the young man
3: no you know what act like you've been there and and look it's it's great to talk trash about a rival I, you know i think rivalries heat sells i've always been a big proponent of this but pair here's a guy who yes he had a couple of touchdowns and you know when the team was absolutely out of it on sunday but you look down the stretch for chase claypool man like you know it's not like he had banner numbers down the stretch like for all the the all the raving and ranting that we were loving what we were seeing in the first half of the season you know the last five weeks of the season chase claypool was pretty quiet on the field and then to go and talk smack like that when you got absolutely curb stomped you know what when you get your ass handed to you like that say little (laughs) you know you like, think
4: of another guy in Pittsburgh who, when he put on a Penguins uniform, was able to live with a Mario Lemieux, and he was much younger than Chase Claypool. I speak of Sidney Crosby, but Chase isn't alone. That attitude with Pittsburgh right now and that team, there's some guys, Juju Smith, and, and you don't want Chase to be a part of it. Yeah, just, just lose, you lost, be humble, live with it. Hey, P.S., you know what makes championship teams successful, speaking of which, is you treat everyone the same. Steve Kerr does exactly that. Even if you're not on the team, he told this story about one of the reasons why Steph Curry and Draymond Green a few seasons ago were late for the plane and everyone was waiting. We had a team rule at the time that you could
2: bring a friend on the plane you know, a couple times a year and uh, unbeknownst to me uh, S- Steph decided to use one of his slots for Drake so <laughs> Drake got on the plane that night with Draymond and Steph and I fined all three of them uh, for being late and and Drake paid his $500 fine. Uh, you can you can ask him that true story.
4: Guys playing, guys playing. That's planned, but uh, Steve so Kerr rules. Right. $500 Drake pay up. I love that. I love how Steve Kerr runs his team. Hey, P.S. 15 years ago today, Madison Square Gardens. It was retirement night.
2: Coming to New York was a dream. Like I said, that I thought would never happen. I came here wanting to win the Stanley Cup. And what I got was
3: a life experience that I never.
4: Yeah, and so did Canucks fans, Mess. When you came to Vancouver, you got a life experience that they never thought they would get. And P.S., you know, lots of talk, James, about Sex in the City coming back, a movie series. Vancouver Island raised Kim Petrel, not part of it. But you want a show that's coming back, it's being made into a movie. This is a classic, Man and Machine.
0: What's going on? What did I do? deny everything if I may suggest deafness is always a good approach to law enforcement officers you shut up probably weaving all over the road
4: David Hasselhoff a night rider that's being turned into a movie Hasselhoff is a consultant right now James doesn't know if he'll appear in the movie was never a fan but it's coming to the big screen
3: near you yeah, Night Rider was cool, man. Like, like, the car was pretty cool at one time, right? I know, like, Baywatch was kind of hokey, unless, you know, you're yeah, just you a huge Pam Anderson fan. But but Knight Rider, that car, when I was a kid at that age, what, probably eight years old, who didn't want to have Night Rider? Who didn't want to have that car?
4: I had to go under the dark hole and into Knight Rider to find a clip to make this work. And so one of the clips going, he drove a car that was built in the 2000s. And I'm going, well, I guess right. There are cars in the years 2000s now that can drive by itself. You maybe weren't that far off.
3: Good for him. You know, by the way, just quickly, that Mark Messier retirement in New York, I was actually sent to cover that 15 years ago and, and went down to Madison Square Garden. That retirement ceremony was 75 minutes Pair. Was everybody was there on the ice, it, it, eh? Yes, and, and everybody got to talk. It was so ridiculously long. I, I get what he meant to the franchise, and, I mean, he's kind of the face of the Rangers. Uh, you know, when you think of iconic Rangers, I mean, he's kind of the guy. But, man, it was too Answer, long.
4: Too long. Answer me this, because I looked at some video of it, and you had some wide shots. You saw Boom and Adam Graves. I didn't. Uh, I think he was. Was Gretzky there?
3: Ah, uh, you know what? Why, why do I, I feel like I should remember this? Um, I can't remember if Gretz was there or not. I feel like well, I want to say yes, but I, like I, I I don't know yes, if he said. I don't like think he, he spoke. There. Yeah, I don't think he was there, and I don't know if and I don't think he spoke. But um, there was Slats was there, obviously. He was still part of the Rangers, and I think a lot of a lot of yeah, guys.
4: Keenan like got but, a big shout out, Coley Campbell, but I didn't yeah. see Gretzkin. I wonder if he stayed away to. Have it message night, but I, I just can't remember that. I'll go back.
3: No, no. Uh, you know what? We'll talk to Todd Bertuzzi in a moment. Uh, we'll see what the longest retirement uh, ceremony Bert had to endure, and uh, we'll look ahead to the season, where the Canucks' chances are in the North Division as well, the Gord Downie Division. It's all happening next, right here on your home of the Canucks Sportsnet six fifty.
0: Let's get it going. It's time to get up. Blazers have a chance here, CJ. Rises up for two, it's good! What else can you say about CJ McCollum this season? These guys are here to break it all down. It
2: would be cheaper for us to shut the doors and not play. We are going to run through more money at the club level and at the league level by playing
0: than by not playing. Let's have a little fun and make you a winner. Well, You know what, you guys get long. This is the starting lineup with James Czabulski and Perry Solkowski.
3: All right, no shortage of hockey talk coming your way this hour. Sabolski Solkowski, what's happening, everybody? Hour number two here on this Tuesday morning. It is a soggy one, but uh, hey, lots of action uh, here this morning on Sportsnet 650. Todd Bertuzzi will join us here in just a couple of moments, and then at 7.30, Louis DeBrusque from Hockey Night in Canada also, as we are just oh, a day away from the start of the 2021 NHL season. The big story over the last, what, 22 hours here, Parrot. I say 22 hours because we're, what, two hours away before making it official or finding out if somebody dares. Uh, <laughs> it's crazy enough to pick up the contract, but Louis Erickson placed on waivers yesterday by the Canucks.
4: Well, and it's the subject of our poll question, and I think it just points to it's not like this fan base was divided as to what Louis Erickson brought to this team and the disappointment, but it's what is his future? And that's what we're asking. Do you expect Louis Erickson to start the season on that taxi squad, which when he clears waivers, he can be there or you could send him down to Utica now too? a 56% of the people say, you know what veteran he will be on the taxi squad. But there is, I'm, James, I'm almost surprised it's it's that close. But I think a lot of people saw what happened yesterday and listened to, um, you know, some of the the teammates speak. and thought, well, maybe that's it. Maybe that's the end of the line for Louis Erickson. I think there would be some other teams. Put it this way. Louis Erickson's worth a, a million dollars. He's got a million-dollar contract, much like we saw with Corey Perry. I think there would be some NHL teams that would reach out and say, you know what, you wouldn't be a bad fit in our taxi squad. Don't you think he offers that to NHL teams right now to be in that position? Sure.
3: Yeah. No. No. I. I. To me, he's he's going to be on uh, the taxi squad. I think there's 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 value there. And and you know, a couple of texts coming in here on the Dunbar Lumber text line at six fifty six fifty. I want to get to before Todd jumps in here. But you know, Langley fun guy had a good point here. He said, "Here's a question: Louis' contract sucks. However, owner and players signed it. If you put the six million dollars aside, does he still make the roster in a checking role?" so many guys around the nhl are non-fighters and good defensive players if louis is making a million dollars or people saying they want him off the team uh, louis Erickson at a million dollars would be a solid depth player right um i don't know, i don't in? think
4: he's on the roster though no i, I, I think, think you I, I know
3: court. i i'm i'm with you on that one is is he a better option than brandon sutter, jay beagle and tyler Mott on that fourth line? no nope um and and that third line right now with Adam Gaudette playing with Antoine Roussel and Jake Vertanen. There's, there's a lot of jump. I'll tell you what, Antoine Roussel looks like he's skating comfortably. Like he's had a full year, you know, post-recovery from a pretty significant injury. I think we're going to see a much better Antoine Roussel this year, but there's there's some jump in those legs on that third line. And I'll tell you, pair that second power play unit, all of a sudden you got some skill there where you've got Hoaglander playing there with Nate Schmidt. you got Gaudette. For Tannen uh, and Tanner Pearson's part of that mix, like I think there's a significant skill upgrade there with Hoglander, Godet, and uh, Nate Schmidt also on that back end. Like, I think you've got a little more on that second power play unit compared to what you had essentially just a one-trick pony on that first power play unit for last year with Pedersen, Horvat, you know Hughes, Miller, and Besser, but. I think there's, well, they're deeper, uh, right? Be better. And so yeah. Louis
4: Erickson at a million, yeah, he doesn't make this lineup. And Louis Erickson won't be the first guy they call out of the press box or up from the taxi squad. That's likely Zach McEwen. And then he'd move from there. so And Pod Colson will come. So Louis Erickson should be on the taxi squad. But Louis Erickson at a million dollars, to answer your question, Langley, fun guy, I don't think he's on this hockey team. He's on a taxi squad because of experience.
3: Yeah, I think I think he's probably still on the outside looking in. I, I, I would agree with yeah. that. Uh, all right, uh, this morning we head overseas where we check in with former Vancouver Canuck great, number 44 on the program, number one in your heart, Todd Bertuzzi. Tell everybody where you are, man. <laughs> um,
5: I'm in Slovakia right now. Uh, I'm in a town called Lavis. Le- And uh, he's playing for the HK team. I brought my son out here, Tag, with uh, two other uh, hockey players from the OHL. And uh, we are two games in. And the country is in a full lockdown, so I haven't seen much. We go from the hotel to the rink to watch to the grocery store and back to the hotel. And when I mean complete lockdown, there ain't anyone walking the streets out here.
4: What's the level of hockey? What division is he playing in, and, and and how do these OHL kids fit in there as far as skill level? Bert?
5: He's, uh, yeah, he's playing in the Division Two. Uh, it's pretty, it's pretty good hockey, actually. Like these guys work. Uh, obviously, it's uh, Olympic ice, so it's an adjustment for the boys. The past two games, uh, first game they had some pop, some jump. They looked really good. Second game, I would say a little bit more jet lag. Uh, as they're trying to get used to uh, the time zone change over here and the long travel day, it took us I think uh, 24 total hours to get out here, uh, wow. with everything. We had to fly from, uh, from Detroit to Amsterdam, Amsterdam to, uh, where was it? Yeah. Vienna. And then, uh, had a car ride over here to, uh, Slovakia, but, uh, the organization has been awesome. The people have been fantastic, uh, with all the teams and the owners, uh, every road game we go to, the owners have us up in their suite because they have no fans at the game, so they've been treating us first class and making us try some beautiful pilsners and uh, a lot of shots.
3: I was going to say, do they, do they, can you still get a beer in Slovakia?
5: Yeah, yeah, you can. <laughs> we, uh, they're, they're they're very accommodating uh, for us over here. And then uh, it's it's funny uh, these countries uh, when their media got whirlwind, and I'm over here. Um, they're like paparazzi. They show up everywhere. They wait outside the hotel to get really? a of me or a conversation. I've never. I, I, I'm pretty shocked. I actually talked to uh, Thomas Datar yesterday, and uh, he found out that I was over here. So we spoke about uh, the city and and uh, the stuff over here. And he said it's like that with the media. He said hockey players are like world famous over here. So. The fact that there's an NHL guy over here that's not Slovakian, uh, they've been everywhere we've gone.
4: So, what, what's the end game? Tag and, and OHL guys just play there until you find out um, when he can come back? Is that kind of what the team is, has set up for the Yeah, game?
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I hear in March they're looking at uh, starting up in March a 26 game schedule. So, in the meantime, instead of being at home and just working out and just skating with your buddies and all that. I thought it was a great opportunity and uh, to come out here and play pro hockey. These guys, there's some very, very talented, good hockey players over here. The pace is very, very fast. Uh, you got some 38 year olds, 35 year olds mixed with uh, 20s. And then uh, there's a handful of uh, teens. I think uh, one kid on Ted's team is uh Fifteen. He played his first game yesterday. Very, very good, talented hockey player. But uh, it's been good. They uh, they run a they run a tough uh, a tough thing over here. Like you got to be at the rink. You practice for an hour and a half. You got to do training and all that kind of stuff. So it's just nice to see the boys uh, back in the rotation of the routine of playing hockey and all that. And it's been an, it's been a blast to watch, man. I've, I've actually really missed watching hockey live.
3: Yeah, I'll tell you, I was down at the rink at Rogers Arena yesterday to kind of watch just even a practice. It was like, oh, this is kind of fun. I kind of like seeing this again. It's been a while. Uh, Todd Bertuzzi here with us on Sportsnet 650. Hey, the big story over the last 24 hours in these parts, uh, Louis Erickson obviously placed on waivers along with Sven Verci mm-hmm. and a few others. Give me a sense within the room what what sort of message that does to guys where, you know, I mean, guys probably recognize who's performing and who's not, what guys' contracts are. I mean, what? What sort of mindset do, do guys kind of have? They're like, oh man, it's about time. Or guys empathetic? Like, how do you how, take take me in the room here?
5: Well, if you're if you're if you're not a well liked guy, then you'll get a lot of about times. But there's usually <laughs> not very many of those as hockey players. Uh, uh, hockey players are very uh, uh, like like they feel they feel for the guy, man. Like, you know, at some point in time, you're going to be in those situations. It's no different when I was playing and I saw the older guys one by one get chopped off. And then I'm in my last two years of Detroit and I can see the writing on the wall that I was like, okay, shoot, my time's coming too, very soon or all that. But the guys feel bad, but uh, Erickson's had a great career, but he don't be surprised if he doesn't get in the lineup, man. It's a uh, shortened season. You're going to need the veteran presence and you're going to need a veteran-style team in this fast, fast, fast division that the Canucks will be playing. I think it's going to be the division of, uh, like, of all divisions. I think uh, people are going to be glued to it, and that is going to be glued to it, and I think it's going to be an outstanding thing for the team. And then, obviously, let's hope that everything health-wise gets started and all that. I just read Beckman's comments and Daley's comments about losing billions of dollars if they start, why are they starting? So let's just uh, keep our fingers crossed that uh, it's a go.
4: Todd Bertuzzi joins us as he does every Tuesday morning. Perry Solkowski, James Sobolski on the starting lineup. Bert, what should we expect tomorrow? No exhibition games, a really short training camp. I mean, these are the best athletes in the world playing the greatest sport. Can they be at a high level? Will it be pure adrenaline for the first couple of days? Or when does reality strike in going, yeah, we just didn't have a whole lot of time to prepare for this, and maybe it's sloppy.
5: Uh, no, I think it's going to be like the bubble. I think it's going to be uh, – guys are going to come out fast and furious. I think if anything, it'll be the second week. So, say game four, five, six to 10, I think there might be a little bit of a lull because then that adrenaline's over, and then it kicks in that, oh, there's no fans in the stands. you got to self-motivate yourself and – Uh, A lot of things cross your mind and all that. And then you're going to have the teams that weren't even invited to the bubble who are going to be eager and wanting to play some hockey. And those are the teams I think that I'm looking at to get off to some fast starts. Uh, Are they going to be able to carry it on throughout the season? I don't know. But I think the guys who haven't played hockey are going to be very eager to get back and excited to get back. So I think it's going to be very good hockey the first week or so. So I think the first bit of games, and I think there might be just a little bit of lull when everything kind of hits in There's no fans, and, and then and then the season just starts like that. So, uh, but I, but I, these guys are well trained; they're the greatest athletes in the world, and uh, they're going to adapt very quick. And I think we're going to see some electric hockey. Uh,
3: Bert, tell me this: uh, my partner in crime here has renamed the uh, All Canadian Division or the North Division. He has called it the Gord Downey Division. Who do you like to win the mm. uh, the oh, the Gore Downey division here?
4: I actually love that. Who came up with that, Perry? Perry? Yeah, yeah I did. Bert, come on, I did. And I'm not calling the taxi Perry. squad. I'm calling ride sharing squad. I am so 2021.
5: Perry, you keep impressing me, man. You just have so much time on your hand coming up for all this stuff. But those two are very really good things. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I don't, oh, man. I don't know. I don't know. I, I I'm still. I'm still, I still think Edmonton I like Edmonton. Uh I know the GM very well and I know he's all about winning and uh and he comes with a lot of winning and success and all that kind of stuff and at just some point in time when you have the two greatest hockey players in the world you end up winning something. So I can't see them not winning in the next couple of years. I think there's going to be an urgency for them to get it done and I know Ken- Kenny's willing to go uh through high-end heck like water in order to get uh, the proper players in there for for those two top-end players, and uh, I, j- I just I think they're going to be tough to beat this year.
3: The Oilers, I mean, at some point they're due, right? It, it feels like you know. Well,
5: I mean, the- you, you look at it; it's like Jaeger and Lemieux, like just, just the greatest hockey players as a dynamic duo. They, they just they don't get they don't get left off the Stanley Cup. They're just I just. I have a tough time not seeing those two get it done.
4: Yet the other team in Alberta in which you played for seems to have, like we were talking to Eric Francis yesterday who works in Calgary for sports, and, and you look at the Calgary Flames, they solve their goaltending problems. You know, that's just a team that is right throughout, as deep as you can find, with the only question mark being, you know, their superstar, although it's Kachuk, is is a Johnny Goudreau who has never been able to break through and carries with a little bit of reputation. Do you not think the Flames have kind of solved a lot of their problems?
5: Uh, yeah, I, I I think they they have. Um, you don't technically need a super superstar on your team in order to get the job done, you can collectively come together if you've got a whole bunch of all-star-like type players. Uh, they have character. Uh, Monaghan, I really like him as a player. Uh, it seems like he's been in the league for... Twelve years, man. Uh,
0: yeah,
5: I remember when he was coming in. Like it seems
0: like they're
5: they're long in the tooth to start winning. Like uh, they've been in the league long enough. Uh, they've had tough losing seasons. Uh, they've had drama within that organization. I, I just think that at some point in time, that that team's going to have to uh, break through soon. Because, uh, like I said, they're they're not little kids anymore. They're uh, they're seasoned veterans, and uh, with them going out and getting goaltending. Uh, I believe they're a team that's uh, going to be uh, hard to play against.
3: We were uh, we were talking a few minutes ago before you joined us. Uh, Perry was remarking that it was on this day 15 years ago that Messier had his retirement ceremony uh, at Madison Square Garden. They retired his number with the Rangers, and I, I was there that night. Man, the ceremony was like almost an hour and a half. What's the longest retirement ceremony or pregame ceremony you endured?
5: <laughs> um, I don't. Uh, you know what? I don't know. It's funny question. Uh, Nick Lidstrom was very, very long, but um, well deserved. I, I don't know. I mean,
3: but I'm sure, really that that you, I'm, I'm sure there's one that's.
5: I'm sure you're, you're probably on the bench. No, it Actually, I, I think if any the thing that drives players the most batty is double anthem, having the American <laughs> Canadian anthem played. I think that's what drives hockey players the most batty. Is that? um to see a fellow teammate, uh, a person that you played against, uh, to be honored and put up in the rafters, man, it doesn't matter how long it takes, man. It's, it's well-deserved, especially it's enjoyable for, for guys who've played with these guys, went to war against these guys, teammates with these guys, to see them honored and that. And it's such a special moment for them and their family that, man, I don't think there's enough time sometimes for them to get, uh, Respect and all that, because it only happens one time. That's why it's really—it was never really a complaint or a problem with, with a lot of the guys. It was more the double anthem.
6: <laughs> well, and as our producer song. says,
4: there will be no double anthems this year. You got your Canadian division. You got the Americans playing the Americans.
3: So and you're not the point g- that makes up Bert. Bert, you're not the guy. You're not one of the Hanson brothers in slap shot that kind of barks at the ref. I'm listening to the friggin' song.
7: <laughs> Actually, I just
5: watched that movie the other day. Actually, you know what I missed? I'm going to start speaking Slovakian soon because my TV in here only has Slovakian TV and not one English channel.
4: Are they, uh, not that you would sit and have a conversation, but you're around the rink. Is everybody hyped there for the NHL starting tomorrow? I mean, is there a feel in a hockey
5: mm, town? I'll get to be honest. <laughs> they don't talk about it. They don't talk about talking over over in the NHL. No, they really don't. Much uh, they're really focused on, they talk a lot about their own players, uh, their own players that played in the uh, NHL. Like, I remember the media today. I guess this is how unbelievable it is. So, I guess in the world championship in Russia, we played Slovaks, and there, there's a guy with the last name Sekret, he played for Minnesota. Mm-hmm. But, anyways, I ended up hitting him in that game. Like, it was a clean chuck, but I got five minutes for hitting too hard. That's what they do over there. And yeah. I guess I hit him so hard that these people remember it to this day. So everywhere I'm going, people are like, that's the guy who hit Setra. I was like, well, I don't even remember hitting the guy. So then they're telling me about the story and all that. They just they love their own people over here.
3: Stay safe over there, my friend. Uh, nice to catch up and during these tough unique challenging times you can see how it's really taken a toll on the people in slovakia when the paparazzi are chasing bert in 2021
4: put on sunglasses and a hoodie so they don't know who you are
5: (laughs) all right boys well good luck with the start of the season go canucks and uh it's going to be fast and furious i can't wait to watch i hope the fans enjoy this and get a little bit of peace in 2021
3: we're fired up, too, buddy. Take care. Uh, there he nice is, time. Todd Bertuzzi, joining us uh, from Slovakia this morning here on the starting lineup on Sportsnet 650. All right, Louis DeBrusque is going to join us coming up at the bottom of the hour, but we go down the hall and check in with News 1130's Sonia Aslam.
6: You fired up for puck drop tomorrow or what? Yeah, one one more sleep. It's like Christmas. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. It's been waiting and so every long. Night. Yes.
4: No more Netflix, no more binge-watching, binge-watch NHL hockey every night.
6: Yeah, I, you cannot go wrong with it. No, I'm really excited. I am. Oh, oh
3: my God, I'm I, I'm halfway through season one of Yellowstone right now, which is like taking over all my focus, and I'm kind of like, oh, I've got to park this show now because it's going to be all the hockey happening, but I'm like totally captivated by this series right now, too.
6: I haven't seen it. I keep... First World Props. Yeah, good. exactly.
3: <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Uh okay, so is there a, are we in the middle of a gang war here in Metro Vancouver right now? Like what is going on?
6: Um a lot of people are getting shot to death back back to you i (laughs) yeah no uh i I wouldn't say it's a full-out gang war we've had about five homicides in just a couple of weeks the youngest victim was 14 years old they're all connected they're all somehow linked to gangs um and you know the, the worst gang war we saw was back in 2009 where we had a homicide like i personally as a reporter was out at a homicide about every 12 hours and it was just, it became a joke. It just became like, they're just killing each other, so we'll just wait. Um, right now, there's obviously a major concern, because a lot of these homicides are happening in really public areas, a park in Richmond, you know. Um, so the concern from the cops is that this could highly affect, you know, this, this could affect the public. This could hurt someone who's maybe just in the area at the wrong time. Um, so I wouldn't call it a full-out gang war, but we're definitely getting there. Yeah.
4: Yeah some concern um mm-hmm. it, it, you know we deal in sports so much with analytics every situation uh, covid numbers and, and we you know I, I don't think anyone likes to talk about it but that's just the news and the reality we're in uh numbers weren't as high as we're seeing but sonia that's just because uh you know when you get to the analytics Um, things weren't exactly over the holidays that they'd been normally as far as testing, was it?
6: Yeah, so our daily case count for the last three days was down compared to what we were seeing. However, and I'm not being somber, Sonia, this is just the information people need to know, is testing wasn't as high over the holidays because, you know, duh, holidays. So um, the numbers are a little bit lower, which is great. But did everyone who need to get tested, tested? Probably not. Um, the grim milestone we hit yesterday was uh, we are now officially over a thousand deaths. Um, but, you know, if if the measures that are in place are working, then then great. Um, but, you know, uh, please keep following those rules because we're not going to see any of the restrictions come down. And the way that, you know, my analogy I was chatting with you guys about off the air was, as as we see the number of deaths every day be dozen, two dozen and higher and higher it's like having a plane crash, a big plane crash once a week in this province. That's the equivalent of what we're seeing. It's it's mm-hmm. it's like that. It's that bad. So take a moment, let that sink in and then think to yourself, should I be wearing a mask everywhere? Yeah, you should. <laughs> you should.
3: <laughs> Yeah, it's I mean a thousand deaths in the province we marked yesterday, right? What over uh, over, well over yeah. a thousand now. So, yeah. um, well, listen, stay safe out there. Um, wear your masks and uh, and be mindful, I guess. With uh, wash you your know, hands,
6: don't hug anyone, don't
3: yeah. be on the wrong side of the law. It sounds like uh, these also days. that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I
6: hate being such a downer. Uh,
3: stay inside, everybody. You Keep know what? Your head as soon down. As, yeah. wear a helmet, wear a mask.
6: <laughs> as soon put as some COVID- body armor on. As soon as COVID's done, I'll be such a more like positive news person. But no. We're just not there. No, yet. let's face
3: no. it. If it bleeds, it leads. That's kind of the approach in the news. What? I, that's not there. true. Yeah. That's not totally true. I mean, yeah,
6: totally that's true.
3: <laughs> Sorry, people. Yeah. When was the last time you start? you heard a newscast that started with a good news story? Hey, we start with a great yeah. story this morning. No.
6: Um, you know, that no. <laughs> 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 and it's hard. We've only been talking about a virus yeah. for the last year. Cut me yeah. some slack here, guys. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. COVID Trump. COVID Trump. It's like you walk into the newsroom no, meeting these it's, days, we're going to flip a coin. That's not it's...
6: true. It's COVID Trump murder. COVID oh. Trump murder. Yeah, oh. come on. Come on.
3: Sorry, rinse and some... repeat.
6: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, what do you want to do with today? Uh, let's go
3: back to the murder one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Stay safe out there, Aslan. We'll talk to you uh, tomorrow when we
6: talk about hockey. The Yay! season's ready to start. So excited. <laughs>
3: Thanks, boys. See ya. There you go. Sonia Azzel, News 1130 down the hall. COVID, Trump, murder.
4: Trump uh, Trump getting knocked off Twitter. Twitter prices, stock prices are falling down, too. The value of his 80 million followers is, has hurt them financially, they say.
3: Wow. Well, and, you know, Bill well, I mean, Bill Belichick, and we can get into this later on this morning, but Bill Belichick yes. had, uh, announcing yesterday that he is not going to accept the presidential Throws the election.
4: challenge flag at the White House. No, 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 I'm not going.
3: Well, you know what i I just wonder how does that impact the the franchise if you're trying to sign players or attract people to come to the franchise here at a time that they <laughs> they need some help now for the first time in a long time um is that what you want with Bill Belichick uh right now like do you want that photo up i mean it's a nice it's a nice award to have, but do you want that right now? Do you want that look? No,
4: I was almost surprised he turned it down because. Because the situation, but you're right I mean, that's, uh, that's not just And he said as much as David It's really not about me, it's about team And I don't I want to be honored at this time
3: Yeah, I think, it's a smart, I think it's a smart move by Belichick At least for the short term uh, 27 minutes after 7 o'clock We'll keep the hockey conversation going Hockey Night in Canada's Louis DeBrusse Joins us next, right here on your home At the Canucks, Sportsnet 650
1: Alright everybody, it's on Circle goes to the goal. Peterson shoots and scores. And it bounces to the left corner.
0: Now, wheel sets in front. Byron with the backhand chance. Denied by Demko with the left hand. This is the starting lineup with James Cebulski and Perry Solkowski on Sportsnet 650.
3: here on this Tuesday morning. It's a soggy one out there, Uh, a little windy out there as well today, a high of 10 degrees. Cebulski and Solkowski kicking it with you. Uh, One day away from the start of the NHL season, Canucks uh, placing Louis Erickson on waivers yesterday pair. We are about 90 minutes away from finding out if it's official that he's cleared waivers and then... Figure out what the Canucks plans are, whether he gets sent to Utica or whether or not they'll keep him on the taxi squad, which I think both of us are of the opinion that he'll probably land.
4: Yeah, full on shock, full on shock if they send him to Utica. But if they send him to Utica, you wonder if conversations have been had from both sides quietly that they get the feeling if Utica is the destination, then maybe Louis does something that people had thought of and goes, you know what, I'll eventually go back to Sweden now. And uh, thanks for the money. Uh, he'll be leaving a lot of cash on the table, and that's why most say, hey, he's not going to leave that kind of money behind him. He's been paid most, but I still think there's $5 million left over the next couple of years. Uh, but you're going to need a player like that, too. I mean, uh, there would be a time, if if they sent him to Utica and he had to come back and quarantine, there would be a time where there's injuries or COVID scares where you'd go, boy, it wouldn't be bad to have an experienced NHL or like Dewey Erickson in the lineup. So I think we'll find it at 9 o'clock that it's taxi squad. If it's not, shocked, but... In the end run, to save some money, get some salary cap room. If Utica is the destination, knowing that he may eventually go back to Europe, then maybe that's a possibility.
3: Uh, so uh, we await. It's a wide open North Division uh, for the All Canadian Division, the Gord Downey Division, if you will. Uh, Louis Debrusque from Hockey Night in Canada joins us here. I'm looking forward to this. And uh, Louis, welcome back to the show, man. How are you?
2: Hey, guys. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, looking forward to getting back uh, at this tomorrow night. And, uh, This North Division is going to be exciting. I think everybody is really looking forward to see how this one unfolds and um, the competition that's going to be there internally in Canada. It's going to be outstanding for the first time ever, a Canadian division, and I think everybody's pretty pumped about it.
4: As we talk to you in a second about an analyst and what we're going to see, talk to us as a father of a pro player. Was it (laughs) difficult for your son uh, as far as training and a mindset as all well as he gets set to go back to Boston, he a contract to deal with, too. Um, but but give us the mindset you'd know better of an NHL player ready to go.
2: You know, it was. It was, uh, and obviously I'm very close to the game still myself, but but from a player's perspective, just the uncertainty just not knowing what was going to happen, how it was going to happen, what the, who you were going to be playing, where, was it a bubble situation again. There was a lot of questions that were unanswered until the right times, and they eventually did get answered. But from many players' perspective – you're so used to having a routine. You're used to having a set time, a set date, a routine to train, when you need to really ratchet it up and be ready by. And I think that a lot of players kind of were caught in that la-la land, especially with the way the bubble went last year for the playoffs. There were teams that didn't even make the playoffs. So they've been essentially off for over a year, and uh, almost a year. And, you know, for me, um, that's kind of probably the biggest trick Uh, for the players is trying to wrap their mind around that. But I have to have to say, just like the return to play into the playoffs and the qualifying round, I was so impressed with the players, how they just put their best foot forward. They understood it wasn't going to be perfect. They were in situations where they buckled down and just played the game. And I thought they played some outstanding hockey and I expect the same from the players now. And my son included, I think number one, you've had rest, which is very hard to come by throughout your professional career. Um, you know, players nowadays are training 365 days a year, it seems like. So they really don't get that rest to recuperate, to recover. I do think it'll be a better product because of this rest. And that's the one positive I think every player should try and take out of this. And my son's trying to do the same thing, is that this is a this is a great time to recover, to rest, to get more prepared and be ready to play when the puck drops. And I, th- I think we're going to see some great hockey. But no question, guys, this is for everybody in every walk of life on this planet right now. This was something that's never happened before, and it was a different situation. Everybody had to adapt to it and adjust. And like they did before, I think they will do just that, and they're going to be fine.
3: Louis, you were there. uh, I mean, the news yesterday that Louis Erickson was placed on waivers by the Canucks. You were there, what, four years ago when it all began with that wonderful Uh, empty net own goal, right?
2: mm Mm-hmm. I felt so bad for
3: him. You know, and, I, and here's the thing, in that game, he actually
2: ended up having a real solid play in the end of the game to tie the game, I believe it was, the tire to win, and I have to look back and see that, but he did kind of redeem himself in the game, but you can never get a second first impression, and I think that just really set the tone for Louie in, in Vancouver, and it really just never took off for him, um, it's really unfortunate, because he's, he's, he's a solid human being, he was a terrific hockey player. He was an amazing hockey player in this league. I mean, there were years where he was really dominant. 30-goal scorer. I mean, the whole nine yards played a defensive game. But I think what happened to Louis is the game got really fast. The game got very fast and very skilled. And some players adjusted to that better than others. But uh, he was still serviceable. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say, listen, he, di- he didn't do anything for the team. He was still a great role player for the younger players coming. Anytime you can have that presence. There's always that respect factor with the older players. Um, but listen, uh, his time looks like it's run his course. We're not sure if we're going to see him again eventually, if, if he does get sent down and maybe comes back up later or whatever happens. But um, this has been a topic of discussion for a few years now. And, and listen, they've got some young players that are chomping at the bit to get more ice time. They want to go with different players they've brought in. And um, it's just time. It's just time for this to
4: happen. Louis DeBruss joining us on the starting lineup. Louis, Todd Bertuzzi joins us every Tuesday. We just finished our interview with him. When he talked about the Canadian division, um, he said, listen, Edmonton, it's it's like Lemieux and Jaeger. When you got Drysaddle and McDavid, he goes, I just don't see how eventually those guys don't get to the top. Yeah, we know what you have there. Did Edmonton add enough to make the Oilers a team that could win this Gord Downey Canadian division?
2: <laughs> I like that. I like that
4: title. That's an awesome title
2: for the division. Um, you know, I um, I agree with you. You know, if you look at the greats of the game, the players that have stood out on top, and Edmonton's had two of them in the last couple of years, you know, the Art Ross Trophy winners, um, two of the last three years. I mean, it's, well, three of the last four. Um, I, you know, that you always say the greatest players of the game find a way to win. They do. They find a way to win eventually in their career. They drag everybody in the fight with them. I think Connor's done a terrific job of that. Leon Dreisel has elevated his game to superstar status the last couple of years. Um, Just remarkable seasons. You know, back-to-back 100-point seasons themselves. So, I I think when you have two players like that in a focal point, uh, and you mentioned Yager and Lemieux, I'll say Crosby and Malkin. You know, it's the same thing. It's no question about it. I, I look at McDavid and Dryson, I look at Crosby and Malkin and how those two players have been able to kind of mold their team into the way they want to play. Um, they, they've been split up and have two lines, which makes it that much more difficult for opponents to defend against. So, yeah, I do believe the event, the cream always rises to the top, and I do believe that they will find a way to win eventually. Connor, that is for sure, and Leon, with, with being the, the talents that they are. Um, they're still v- relatively very young in their careers. Um, the question is that has Kenny Holland done enough to to win this North Division? I think this North Division's up for grabs. I really do. I think it's going to be a really hard fought, contested division. Uh, and I honestly think there's a lot of teams that could win this division very easily if they get off to the right start and continue that through the season. Um, I, the, the changes that he's made for me. Um, The number one was Tyson Berry, bringing in a right-handed shot from the power play. It was already the best power play in the National Hockey League. You say, why do you have to correct that? Why would you want to change that at all? Well, you're always trying to tinker, and you're always trying to make it better. And this just allows them, especially now with Oscar Clefbaum not being in the lineup, um, this is a huge move for them to have that that offensive-minded defenseman back there to play that role. Kyle Turris, though, is also a, a position that maybe got overlooked a little bit. But watching him through camp and how he's going to solidify that third line uh, was a vital role for the Oilers. They, they, you know, Ryan Nugent Hopkins moving from center to wing and being one of the top two lines when you're playing with McDavid right now. You had to have somebody come in and fill that third hole that is so important. And Calterra steps in. He's a veteran player. He's been around. He's been an offensive guy. He knows how to check. He's penalty killed for Dave Tippett before in the World Stage. This is, you know, this is a guy that has a very good overall game and he slips in there knowing what his role is on a very good team he's looking at this team saying listen i know where i am in the packing order as a centerman when you have mcdavid dry potentially ryan nugent hopkins who can always slip back into center this is where i fit this is my role and that's all any player ever really wants they want that role identified they want to know exactly what you expect of them and i think he's coming here with a renewed breath of fresh air to say listen I can play this role I've done this before and I know how to do this role and uh, I think he's really looking forward to the season and that to me is going to be a very very important role for this team only time will tell guys I mean listen there's some good teams I think every team in the North Division has done something to better themselves and that's what's really exciting about it for me is to see how it all plays out on the ice starting tomorrow night Um, it's going to be battle royal it really is and I think it's going to be tight I think it's going to be up and down there you're going to see changes in the lead and It's going to make it exciting the whole way
3: through. Well, and that's it. I mean, everybody's got some sort of wart or flaw, and yet everybody's done something that kind of gives you that. I think, like, Ottawa's going to be more dangerous than I think, than people realize. Oh, yeah, I agree. If if you're picking, if you had to, I mean, if you have to lean towards one team in in the Gore Downey division, who do you lean towards?
2: As far as winning it? Yeah. As far as top team?
3: Yeah.
2: Well, you know, I've seen the Canucks a lot. Um, I've done them a lot over the last few years. I've done this Western, this Western, uh, part of our country. And I think all three teams have a chance for me though. I think the favorites front runners right now, and I'll pick three, it'll be Edmonton, Vancouver, and the Toronto Maple Leafs. I know people are all oh, those are pretty obvious and you're, you know, but yeah, they're obvious for a reason. They're very, very talented. And in a shortened season, a team that's talented, that gets off on a roll, they're really hard to slow down. They're really hard to slow down because when they start to build that confidence and gel together and find that chemistry, and it's going to take a team to do that. But the team that does that, it's going to be very, very, very difficult in a shortened season to overcome that, catch them, and surpass them. And if any team that gets off to the runner running like that, will will most likely finish this one off. But I I like what you said. I I look at Ottawa, I look at Montreal, you know, the Flames. I, I mean. To me, Winnipeg is a team that everybody seems to want to count out, but you never can because they have an extreme amount of talent there too. And I think there's a little chip on their shoulder. I really do. And I think they want to prove something. So look out for them. They have one of the best goaltenders in the league, the best goaltender last year. You you can never count them out when you have a goaltender like that. And that's what makes it so interesting. Every single team you know, has an argument with why they think they should be able to finish on top of this division. And I believe that's what's going to make it even more competitive is because Teams believe that they're looking at this, going, "Hey, you know what? We can win this division. There's no question we can win this division. Why can't we? Why can't we go out and beat those other six teams?" Um, And getting back to your Ottawa Senators teams, yeah, I've I've gotten to see them play quite a bit, Um, and you know what? Over the years, I just think they're getting stronger every year. They're young, they're fast. The Montreal Canadiens are going to be a team that plays a real abrasive style. I, I just think you look at the team that won the Stanley Cup in 2011 with Claude Julien. You look what they've done now to the Montreal Canadiens, bringing in some size and grit, especially in the back end. They're big back there and they can move. I just—they're going to be a formidable team. They're going to be a team that uh, does not get pushed around anymore, and they have some skill to back that up. So, I, I, I mean, listen. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be awesome, and I think it's going to be great for not only Canadian fans but for the league, but especially for us in Canada to have this Canadian division. Everybody and all eyes are on this, and why wouldn't it be?
4: Louis, it's going to be great. Uh, Everyone will have some bad nights, but we have no bad matchups all season long with the Canadian division. Thank you for your time. We look forward to hearing you tomorrow night and throughout the season, and hopefully we'll do this again.
2: For sure, guys. Thanks. There's right. Louis
4: DeBrusque of, of Sportsnet. He he is right. It is going to be amazing to see everything play out. We got to go to break, James. On the other side, I want to get into something that will be missing and and what fans might be craving for as we get set for the NHL to begin on the official home of the Vancouver Canucks, Sportsnet six fifty.
0: and it looked like it was going to be a freebie to tie it up. Now more of the starting lineup with James Cebulski and Perry Solkowski on Sportsnet 650.
3: Braden Holpe, can you get back to uh, that Braden Holpe for this upcoming season? I'll tell you what, people who've been watching practice uh, and training camp here for the Canucks over the last week feel very optimistic that we are going to see a uh, bounce-back season for Braden Holpe. And just even seeing him yesterday, just, just looking confident out there. I mean, that's the one thing that, man, he's got a fantastic resume. And I get he's coming off a clunker year pair, but man, he's got a tremendous resume and working with the goalie whisperer, Ian Clark feel like there's a recipe here for Braden Holpe to kind of find his groove again, much like Stella did many moons ago.
4: Well, he he talked about it yesterday, too. I think we have Holpe and what Ballack would know everything when it comes to goaltending. But here's where he said he, he thinks he is with this game as he comes to the West Coast.
0: It's all repetition, right? When in order for, for you to make something second nature, you have to uh, repeat it enough that you kind of forget the, the old way. And uh, I think we've, we've been working on a few things that have all made sense. And now it's we want to get to that point where you start a game, you you play a game, you you prepare that way. It just happens naturally and organically. So, you know, I think we've had a really good camp here and and we're just excited to get going now.
4: You know, you think about it, James. So Ian Clark, goaltending coach for the Vancouver Canucks, has kind of been a builder. Okay, here's what you have in Jacob Markstrom, hasn't been able to figure it out. Can you build that foundation of school of skills and make him an elite goalie? We saw the results that he did it. Dr. Demko, here's what you have at a collegiate level. Can you build and make the adjustments to the program first in the AHL and now he's done it, or we appear to think he may do it at the NHL? Holpe, to me, is the first project where Clark goes, okay, so we're not building anything here. We're not changing anything, but we got to start tweaking it. And it sounds like by all reports, and you hear from Holpe and the relationship he has with, with everybody now, Demko and Clark, that that's it, right? He's got himself a business. He knows what it's like. He knows when he's in sync. And so now we see again with everything that's come up with, with Clark and the success he's had with the goalies. If you get Braden Holpe back to that level where they're going, man, what a one-two push that the Canucks have? And I think that may be the one advantage they have amongst NHL teams in this division.
3: All right, it is uh, 7.53 here on this uh, Tuesday morning. He's Perry Sulkowski. I'm James Sobalski. Your Canucks commute coming up at the top of the clock. Dan Murphy, Sportsnet Canucks reporter, will also join the conversation as well. We'll hear from Bo Horvat as the uh, Canucks get set to drop the puck tomorrow in Edmonton against the Oilers. Final practice Today at Rogers Arena Uh, Lots to get to, 650-650 The Dunbar Lumber text line, get your Canucks Submissions and questions in, anything on Your mind with respect to the Canucks We'll dive into it and we'll do it next right here On your home of the Canucks Sportsnet, 650
0: A Cup of Joe and the Canuck Commute. We've got to make decisions on who's actually ready to play regular season games.
2: Uh, There's going to be a lot of hockey games this season in a short amount of time. we are probably going to run through, on average, more players this year than than past season, just with the amount of games and
0: a short amount of time. A five-star morning on the starting lineup.
3: 8 o'clock, it's your Canucks commute, and a reminder that this hour the starting lineup is brought to you by our good friends over at Surrey Honda, located at 152nd and Fraser Highway, where you'll find quality and community. James Sabalski, Perry Solkowski, hour number three, lots to dive into for the Vancouver Canucks. We're, what, about an hour away before we get official word that Louis Erickson will clear waivers. I don't think there's one of the 30 other general managers out there that are uh, B-A-N-A-N-A-S enough to uh, make a claim for Louis or Sven for that matter. Um, and Louis should clear waivers officially in an hour from now, Pair.
4: Yeah, he'll clear waivers. It's just a matter of what did the Canucks do with him. Is there any chance that they will assign him to Utica? I don't think so. I mean, you just heard that comment from Travis Green. Uh, it's going to be uh, unlike any other year. You're going to need an awful lot of depth. And to have Louis Erickson fill the fill a void, uh, you know, a top six or a bottom six role if injuries uh, come to it. it. It'll be interesting to hear, you know, Travis spoke yesterday. Mark Bergevin spoke yesterday in Montreal. James, I mean, we analyze everything, but there's going to have to be some decisions made as to will, for the first time in the NHL, we deal with load management. And Mark Bergevin would question that going, okay, you know what, will you keep with some of your veteran players and say, hey, three and four nights? And then we've got another busy week. We'll give you a night off. Bergevan's answer was, yeah, how about you walk to Shea Weber over to him and say, by the way, you're not going to play tonight. So I think those decisions will be very interesting to see as to what, if any teams decide that even though a player is healthy, just says he'll be better off if he gets a night off, considering how tight everything's going to be.
3: Well, here we go. Um, You know, Look, depth depth is key, right? And and right now, the good thing is, is when you look at this roster, and we just we talked about this an hour ago, pair, that if Louis Erickson's even a million dollar a year player right now, is he drawing in? No, no, right? he's not
4: drawing in, but he's part he's he's part of the the taxi squad.
3: Yes, but no, he's no, not I, good I,
4: enough now to be in this lineup.
3: Uh, and that's it, right? I mean, if now look, hey, if Brandon Sutter goes down, Tyler Mott goes down, Jay Beagle goes down, one of those guys that that ultimately get injured on the penalty kill. You know, can Louis provide that role? Hey, here's the other, like. Here's the thing. Like, as much as we kind of lament, uh, you know, Louis Erickson the contract and the lack of value that the Canucks have got out of it. You know, Louis Erickson's three games away from reaching a pretty impressive milestone in the National Hockey League, and that's a thousand games. Right? He's mm-hmm. got 970 games under his belt in his career. Like, that's that's an impressive run as an NHLer when you get a thousand games, and he's 30 away from that right? I mean, that class of 2003. But right now, he's on the outside looking in, and that's a good thing for this organization, right? Like, can we watched this dumpster fire for five years going through this rebuild. They're out of it now. This team's in a position to win. You know, depending on who you ask, depending on which way the wind blows, who's got a shot to win this North Division? We just talked to Louis DeBrusque, right? He made a case for everybody except for Ottawa. You know, analyst for Hockey Night in Canada. I think you and I, like, if if you were given a, a if you were told okay one of these six teams outside of Ottawa d- defend or make a case for one of these six other Canadian teams to win the North, per, there's no question I can make a strong case for every single team because there's holes and there's strengths on every single one, Canucks included.
4: Yeah, that's exactly it. The only difference I would say from a Canucks perspective is they are being led more so um, than any other Canadian team. By the young guns. Their best two players are guys who have two years of NHL experience under their belt. Now, they're surrounded by quality guys, too, but their top two players are, are Quinn Hughes and Pedersen. But, but that doesn't make any. That may make them better, right, with young energy. And they have proven. I mean, there is no one here thinking, hmm, Quinn Hughes, you think he's going to have a sophomore slump? That's just not even in the equation right now. And everyone will have gotten better, and, and they've become better by, by the addition of Nate Schmidt, by the addition of, of Travis Hamannock. You know, back to your Louis. I, I think he wouldn't make this team, and that's great because there were too many nights last year where Louis was the weakest link. And if you go back to when he arrived here and signed here, there's only five guys left from that hockey team that Louis Erickson debuted with. And that is because change was necessary. And you can't just make change and put in new bodies. They put in guys who have become really good NHL players. And Louis Erickson isn't the best of the best. And as Travis Green said, you make decisions of what's good for your hockey team. He's got to look at what's good for the hockey team. It's up to Jim Benning to go, okay, well, I'll explain this. I understand it's good for the organization too. And that's why it'll be interesting in the 9 o'clock hour or an hour away from, okay, who cleared waivers? I don't think Louis is going to have any issue there. But is there any chance that he's not on that taxi squad? I don't think that's the case. You're going to need him. You know, we're deciding on a bet. You said, I bet you Louis Erickson is done. And I said he'll score a goal this year. And I think I'm going to lean towards me that Louis Erickson will have at one point another goal. He'll play his thousand games in the NHL. He just can't be a regular. And that'll be the case this year.
3: Well, we'll wait and see it out. It all plays out, right? And and I look, I, you and I both saw this team on the outside looking in for a playoff spot about a month ago. when We kind of looked at this looking at this team now after the last week and i i guess this is a time where optimism and, and you don't want to you know put the cart before the horse but there's a great text in here from sheet metal guy great handle by the way that's 650 yes. 650 on the dunbar lumber text line and uh early season crushes for uh starting lineup seaball holpy perry schmidt i like it both are going to have huge seasons Actually, that one's not from Sheet Metal Guy. But anyway, point being is this. I liked the idea of Holtby coming in here as a replacement. There's a huge question mark about his game and where he's at and the way he's been trending for the last couple of years. But I like what he – oh, I've seen from him in camp. I like what I can see with him working with Ian Clark. And if there's a guy who – you know, there's been a few stories out there, pair over the last week – who's a prime candidate to have a bounce-back year, to me, Braden Holtby is a guy who could be that. And I know there's a small sample size with Thatcher Demko. Can he be the guy? You know, how realistic is what we saw against Vegas, the actual Thatcher Demko that we could see this year? You know, we don't know just yet. But if, if either of those guys bounce back, if Demko is anything close to what we saw in the playoffs, if Holtby can find that form, you're probably looking at the best one-two punch between the pipes. You know, and and that's saying something when you factor in, you know, Jake Allen now backing up Carey Price. I'd mm-hmm. still take Carey Price as my number one goalie all day, every day. You know, Connor Hellebuck is, is outstanding as well in Winnipeg. But in terms of a one-two, I think you're probably looking at the Canucks as the second-best goaltending tandem. I know the Flames will have something to say about it as well. But that's still a big if until those guys show what they can actually do in regular season game action. But I'm pretty optimistic after what I've seen and all the reports from all those people that have been there on the day-to-day over the last week and a half when it comes to Canucks training camp.
4: Uh, they could have the, – if they get Hopi back in his form and Demko, you, you can't be as good as he was in the bubble. But if he continues to progress, I would argue they could have the best in the NHL. And, and you can look at the Edmonton Oilers, and that's the one thing they were unable to fix. Calgary's fixed it. Uh, you know what? You've got Connor Hollabuck who can do it. Uh, Toronto might still be some question marks, and Montreal has fixed it. That could be a big a big factor down the road. You still need goalies to steal hockey games, and maybe even more so when your team's tired out in front of you. Completely agree. I love the Holpe signing right from the beginning. It would be interesting, though. Is, is it a lost season? And that's really going to be tough for the team to juggle. If Holpe plays 60% of the games... Okay, so what happens next year? What if he's a guy that Seattle wants and you you can't protect him? So then you go, okay, has that your Demko had enough? So it'll be interesting to see how Travis Green deploys the goaltending situation. I would think right now, uh, you know, I would I would say Demko gets to start tomorrow night and hope he's ready to go the next night. And maybe they essentially go back and forth and stray away from the the guy's got the hot hand. We're gonna go with it. But I do agree. I you know, and here we were. Jacob Markstrom got to sign him. Got to sign him. I don't think we will be worried about Jacob Markstrom a month into this season.
3: Well, <laughs> you know what, it was still a topic of conversation last night is Jacob Markstrom. Uh, I guess there were still questions about Markstrom and his performance in another Flames scrimmage and people kind of wondering, oh, okay. I mean, again, we're talking about scrimmages that people are kind of basing some full analysis on here in terms of what they're seeing. It's such a tiny, tiny sample size. So I I don't think it, you know, look, Jacob Markstrom, it's hard to say that he's going to fall off a cliff here going to Calgary this year. I mean, that's still a good blue line. You've still got a deep group of forwards up front. I don't think there's that, that, upper echelon that the ceiling for their top end guys, I don't think is as high as what the Canucks have for their, the ceiling for, you know, I would like, I think there's a higher ceiling for Elias Patterson. I think there's a higher ceiling for Quinn Hughes based on anybody else that the flames have on their roster. Right. But I don't think Jacob Marks is going off. A, I don't think Jacob Marks is going to have an. A, a, tell me this. Do you think Jacob Marks is going to have a safe percentage under nine this year?
4: No, I don't. But it took me, I, I don't know, it, it's like the meat but it's an All-Star it me this year. took a long time yeah. to get rid of Jacob Markstrom letting in some soft goals. And let's yeah, not forget. I agree. He wasn't, he wasn't great, James, in the start of that St. Louis series. Like, he was not. I remember we had Corey Hirsch on, and the Canucks are winning, and Hirsch goes, you know what the great thing is? Jacob Markstrom hasn't been that good yet. Right? Because you knew he would get there. And I just wonder if um, a new environment, new goalie coach, uh, I hope he does well. But I do think there will be some moments where Canuck fans, and you hate to go, ah, we're cheering against you now. We'll go, uh-oh, that guy's not creeping back in, is he? takes a long time to change your reputation. I think he did. It took him a year and a half. But, you know, it just kind of sits there with me.
3: I It took a long time to try to shake off the the first period goals, right? Those soft goals from Jacob Markstrom. Oh, man. To watch How that. many did we see? You're right, and, and he evolved, and and quite frankly, the better goaltender in the playoffs was Thatcher Demko, right? I mean, you know, the, that's the one thing. I, uh, the that point of going six years, six million dollars for Jacob Markstrom, yeah, no, it felt like it was too much. It felt like it was too much for a guy who had shown, who got hurt at two critical points last season for the Canucks, right? In the middle of a playoff run, where you're in February and he needed surgery and he was going to miss a month, right? And Demko was kind of scuffling at that point, too. It's not like he was really showing that, you know, he could handle the the number one role all that well. And then you get into the playoffs and, you you know, go back to, you know, gets hurt again. So I, I think the idea of how much time that Jacob Markstrom will spend in goal this year and how many minutes he actually plays, it's certainly something to watch, right? You know how like the, it's clear that he struggles on back to backs. The numbers tell you that he is not a guy who plays well on back to back nights. So big save, Dave's gonna get his opportunities. But you know, I still think the Flames are a complete team. Like there's questions to ask about the the Calgary Flames. Like you know the Edmonton Oilers. I mean, you got the nuclear weapons and Drysital and McDavid, but and, and then you add to their that power play Tyson Berry, right? You know, there's another yes. guy who could be a prime candidate for a bounce back year. But do you trust Edmonton's goaltending? You know, the I, I love what the the Habs did this off season. but is all that chemistry going to come together and is it going to actually click when the puck drops on this season? I mean, I love that. Like, look at the size of that Montreal D. And then you got to get past Carey Price. And then all the guys up front that have that capability of getting you at least 20. Obviously, it's a short season, so you kind of, you know, base it on what a goals per game average would be more. But, you know... The Habs have something. The Leafs obviously have a lot there in terms of firepower up front. It's it's just all these questions that you kinda wonder it. And Hoaglander as well, Pear. Like, you know, there's that hole up front for the Canucks. You know, could Hoaglander be that guy on that second line? Like he looked great last week. But is that gonna be sustainable? I, I just at this point, it's hard for me to see that that's going to be sustainable for the Canucks with Hoaglander on that second line. He's a rookie. He's never played an NHL game before, and we're expecting an awful lot. And we talked about it last week, the over-under. Is he going to, is he good for eight or more goals this year? I'm leaning towards the under on this one.
4: It's the fascinating point of the start of any season, no matter what the sport is. If you were a fan or if you are a GM, for the most part – Um, and especially in what we will see in the Gord Downey division. Every Canadian team goes, you know what? I, I like what we've done. Here's the boat that we've built. We're ready to take it to water. And I think any holes we've had, we have filled. The interesting part, James, will be if you do see that, ugh, we didn't see this coming with injuries and all that, how quick in 2021 is the fix? Like, I don't think we're going to see too many trades. Certainly, it becomes difficult depending on what the health situation is if you're making a deal across the border and you're dealing with quarantine. You have your taxi squad, so that's what you're hoping. What you have there in what will be a mix of veterans and likely guys who are AHLers and maybe a couple of young guys. Um, but I don't know if the fix is going to be quick. But patience has been great for the Vancouver Canucks because if we're having this conversation two weeks ago, we're going, I don't know, you know, is whole gland they going to fill the void. Uh, What are they going to do on the blue line? They don't have anybody to replace Tanev. You mentioned Tyson Berry. A year ago, everyone's going, boy, he's trying to get that deal done. Jim Benning is with Colorado to get Tyson Berry. Wouldn't Berry fit on this team? Well, who would you rather, Nate Schmidt or Tyson Berry? I think most people will say, sign me up. How are you going to get Nate Schmidt to Vancouver? And yet they did, right? How are you going to replace Travis? uh, You know, How are you going to replace Chris Tanev? Well, all of a sudden, there's Travis Hammond hanging around, likely because he wanted to stay, and we haven't heard from him yet. Because, uh, you know, he wasn't able to skate. He skated yesterday with the team, and now he hasn't signed yet, so he couldn't talk to the media. But everything falls into place, wants to stay in Western Canada. So I do like where the Canucks have fixed all their holes. Like, I think they're better. Now, if there are more holes that, that come up, I don't know how quickly you're going to be able to fix them because you're really challenging your depth. But if all this is going the right way, and then all of a sudden you got a Pod Colson kid who's showing up at the beginning of May that window of opportunity that we thought might have just started to go, hey, yeah, there's the window up to how they played in the bubble, might be, yeah, no, they're pushing it open again now because, my goodness, a successful year this year with money to spend next year, uh, it starts now for the Canucks.
3: You know, and Hammonick yesterday playing alongside Quinn Hughes. Loved seeing that and, you know, listening to what Travis Green was saying with respect to Hammonick. You know, my thought was that he we weren't going to see Hammonick until at least Saturday. Travis kind of suggested he might be in there sooner rather than later. Hammonick will get another practice session today with the team, and then they'll do it for real starting tomorrow with back-to-backs. Um, I think the likelihood of Travis Hammonick stepping into the lineup sooner rather than later is probably more likely. I think we'll probably see him before Saturday. Um, they're not going to get a chance to really practice here. After today... You go game, game, day off, and then back into the fire on Saturday against the Flames. You know, there's no practices after today. Like, it's it's for real after they get off the ice, uh, probably around lunchtime today.
4: And that's what makes it difficult. How do you uh, adjust on the fly? How do you make those decisions? Because, you know, as, as we've seen in the NFL and we played Allen Iverson, practice, we're talking about practice. So who needs it more? Young guys, like, you would think a Hall Glander would benefit from more practice. There's so much that he has to learn. Is this team ready if they can only get a couple of skates in? Um, You know, how important would the video sessions be? I, I think a guy like Travis Hamannock, he's always a guy that, you know, coaches probably identify and appreciate more than the fans, right? How many people talk about a stay-at-home defenseman? You have to be here as long as Chris Tanev was for everyone to appreciate it because you go – oh, no, he's been hurt this year, and then he was hurt again, and then he went to the boards, and he came back, and he blocked another shot. You don't see that as a fan, but I think you're right. Travis Green kind of glowing about Hammond he looked pretty good. I liked him before. I liked him now. He will be that solid guy in the blue line. And, James, you talked about it earlier. Here we are dissecting this team, and the one guy that was such a polarizing figure for the last three years is barely talked about and may very well be an NHL defenseman for a while, And it's perfect because I think that's exactly what Ole O'Leary needed. He needed us to talk about everybody else except him and go, no, 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 you don't have to take the puck end-to-end. Just play smart off the glass if you have to with Tyler Myers and learn the game. And I think that's going to be a massive benefit to him and to this hockey team.
3: A hundred percent. Waiting and, and look, it remains to be seen if he can be an an everyday guy. But, you know, solid, not spectacular. I would say it be, be the best way to describe what we've seen from Olio Levy over the last eight days, that he's just making the smart, safe plays, but they've got him factored in on that second penalty killing unit playing alongside Myers. Those guys have been attached at the hip. They've been Raggedy Ann and Andy, if you will, and they can debate who's, who's Raggedy Ann and who's Andy for a nice old-school reference for people. That those two have been attached to the hip since the start of camp, and it looks like it works right now, you know. And Hamannik starting alongside Hughes right away. You wanted to touch on uh, Travis Green uh, with his comments on Braden Holtby here, pair?
4: Yeah, let's because uh, you know it's Ian Clark who is the guy who has it all uh, as far as looking after the goalies. But you know, I, I like what you said. I like the announcement, and then they signed him and the attitude he brings. And Travis Green had these thoughts on what he's seen from his goalie and. And I no question who will lead the way for these guys, but he's certainly happy with the experience of Holtby. I think both goalies look
2: sharp. A lot like players in training camp, the goalies do get better as it goes on for sure. It's hard to mimic game-like situations for any player, especially in the offseason uh, for goalies. So they've been working hard. I know Clarkie's been working the heart, them hard, which for me isn't surprising. I expect, We're expecting Holtz to be real great for us and, and, and Demmer as well.
3: And he's been a nice fit pair within the room already as well. And, you know, for for two newcomers on the roster, like Nate Schmidt and Braden Holpe, those guys are veterans. They're characters. They're good in the room type guys. And for those two guys to get acclimated in their new surroundings, I think it helps that you've got those two voices that are kind of united, and they seem to be fitting in pretty quick with this team.
4: Don't underestimate the fact that uh, it really works. Where Nate Schmidt, who is this effervescent personality, never wanted to be silent, comes in with the guy like Beagle and Holpe, former teammates in Washington, to be the perfect buffer. You know, during their their Zoom conference yesterday, you know, they're both it's it's Schmidt and Holpe, and 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 Schmidt just says, "Hey, I got a question for Holpe." And the question was good, you know, asking, you know, what's difficult? What's the tough adjustment with the new team? Systems or or handling the puck behind the net? And and Holpe, I think, is kind of that dry guy going, well, it's, it's behind the net. It's understanding the voices, right? How the guys play and the voices and gave the, you know, a logical answer to what was a good question to Nate Schmidt. And then Schmidt was kind of well, like, do you not know my voice? And it's kind of like, no, trust me. Everybody knows your voice. And to me, that's the thing that makes a difference too. This team is going to be judged on the ice and how they play. But like I said in the bubble, I just think there seems to be a really good fit of personalities with this team right now, James. And with the new guys you're bringing, you go, oh, yeah, Holpe. But he knows Schmidt and Beagle knows Schmidt. It's, it's as seamless as you could hope considering the void that was left by experienced guys in Markstrom who had a big voice there and Tanev who was a quiet leader. And it's Detcher who is the local and loved guy. Three big pieces to move of a dressing room. And I think seamlessly they've added a couple of guys who know each other and ones who might be the biggest character to put on a uniform in the last 10 years in this. That can't be lost in how this team may be successful.
3: our uh, Lumber text line, 650-650. Um, question on the Canucks commute. Uh, anyone on the waiver wire worth placing a claim or replacing our depth guys with? And with I think if you look around, Perry, you were a big fan of Corey Perry. You like the idea of maybe the Canucks yeah, taking I'm always a shot sure. I thought he might be worth it. I, I, just don't, I just don't see, with everybody up against the cap the way they are, and particularly the Canucks, I don't see the Canucks making a play on anybody. I don't know if anybody's, you know, go out of your way to get. I guess probably the one name that that was intriguing, but there's no financial way they could do it, Tyler Johnson. You know, and the and the, and the yeah. Tampa Bay Lightning tried to move him, and there were no takers for that five million dollar price tag. So, at this point, I would say there's. I think where the Canucks are at from a depth standpoint, I think they're happy. Like, could you would you have liked to have had another experienced top six proven scorer on the wing? Yes, you would have. You would have liked that, right? And I think you know, as opposed to thrusting Nails Hoaglander into there. But I think they're okay with what they've got for the most part. I think if you could have found a winger, they would have taken that. But I just think the finances just don't allow room for that right now.
4: Well, you know, you knew Corey Perry was, uh, was available and you knew the price wouldn't have been crazy, but you obviously felt you had something better there. And, you know, if you got a Louis Erickson and a Corey Perry. And if you're, those are the guys you're comparing, if Louis stays with the taxi squad, you're probably better off to have a guy that everybody knows. Um, yeah. Tyler Johnson's the best fit for someone, but man, it is, you're not making any moves without your capologist beside you. And everyone knows where there are and there's, there's no real room for anybody. So I, I would think come nine o'clock today as someone texting them, when will we know nine o'clock is when you announce, you know, who, if anyone was picked off with waivers, I think it was more so surprising to look at the names, but then understanding, Hey, you've got a taxi squad to use it. I don't think we see any action at all because you know, you knew the cap situation Tampa Bay was in, and and some deals were made, but I, I think everybody's pretty much set with what they have as the season starts tomorrow.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one. Uh, all right, we'll keep the conversation going. 650-650, The Dunbar Lumber text line at twenty five minutes after eight o'clock. Uh, I'm not sure where Murph is. A few people asking where Murph is, and uh, we don't know either. He's uh, you know getting ready for the season, so I guess we're working out the uh, the gremlins here before the start of the year. Uh, Canuckaholic uh, texting in. I don't think Marky will be as great last year. I think he'll still have a good year, but not a great year. I think that's I, I think I'd be on the same wavelength of that one as you, Canuckaholic. Um, Vance. And loops as my buddy alan iverson has said we talk about practice practice i mean so much of this how players are looking pair has all been based on practice scrimmages (laughs) it's a lot and a small sample size at that my friend
4: sports will have changed we'll see it in the nfl next year they won't practice as much and we may see it in the nhl this year when they don't have an option to do that
3: practicing not the game we die for We talk about practice, man. Uh, 26 minutes after 8 o'clock still to come. Hey, Magic Johnson is coming to Vancouver virtually. We'll tell you how you can be a part of that, plus much, much more as we inch closer and closer to the start of the NHL 2021 season. Looking forward to that right here on your home of the Canucks. We got you covered all season long. We're Sportsnet 650.
0: Welcome to The Starting Lineup with Gene Sabolski and Perry Solkowski on the official home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650.
3: 8.32, what's happening here on this Tuesday morning? Sabolski and Solkowski taking you until 9 o'clock, and then it's the Scott Rintoul show taking on over. Uh, what, about uh, 28 minutes away before officially getting word that Louis Erickson has cleared waivers. The countdown is on, Sulkowski.
4: Yeah, hey, can we just give a shout-out? You and I appreciate good puns and or names. Eddie Lack, congratulations to him. Uh, Eddie Lack, of course, a regular on Reach Deep, former Canucks goalie, became a father last night. Oh. The name of the young girl, Sophia Hey, okay. I love it. Goldilack.
3: <laughs> Goldilack and the three bears.
4: Oh, I tell you. Good on Eddie! Congratulations, to him. That nice. is world change. Great, great moment for him. And,
3: and I believe uh, later on today on uh, Reach Deep, uh, starting at one o'clock, I believe Dan Riccio chip, yeah. will take part in the one chip challenge that uh, he lost. Uh, <laughs> he lost a game of uh, FIFA um, from EA Sports uh, to Eddie, and so uh, Dan will do the uh, one chip challenge today. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how that goes. And I believe he's doing it on the air. So see how that kind of plays out later on today, if he can handle the spice. I know he likes his Espresso. He does love his Spro's. Let's see if he can handle one chip.
4: Not for me. Not for me. The one chip challenge, not for me.
3: Ah, you don't like your spice? I know. I I
4: don't mind it. I just, uh, that one seems to be crazy. Like, I don't mind if, if people ask me if I'm ordering, hey, you know, one through five, what do you want? The peppers. I'll go three depending what i got in front of me i might go for but that just the one chip challenge i'll have to see what reaches up to. i'm sure they'll have it on instagram live or something to see how that burns uh, i just don't know I not, feel, not my thing anymore
3: i feel like our next guest definitely can handle the spice he, he likes it when it's hot the uh, sports dinner co-chairman we're talking about the jcc which is going down at the beginning of march with magic johnson part of the show coming up on march 3rd, jason tackman who joins us here this morning you like the spice don't
7: you God, that's a good segue. I love the spice. In fact, for those who know Montreal well, the Buffalo Bills, one of the best wings places in uh, Montreal, near my house where I grew up, my name was on a wall for having a 12 pack of wings and fries with 911 sauce. Ooh, oh, impressive. And you can't, so they, it's like a time or two. It's like, I think it was like 20 or 25 minutes. And I was like in grade eight, and I was just psyched. The whole, like, I was like thinking about the whole thing. We were going after school, like me and a couple of friends to do this, and they all chickened out. Uh, and I ended up finishing it, and I swear to God, my mouth was on fire for like three days. But flags fly forever, and that's how legends are born.
3: <laughs> the legend is in the house with us here uh, this morning, and you got a hey, you got another legend that's going to be in part uh, at this year's JCC Sports Dinner, being done virtually with uh, Magic Johnson, uh, the keynote speaker this year. Jason, give me a sense how what's the buzz like here uh, since the announcement, and as we get closer, less than two months away now.
7: We've had great support um from people super close to us. Our partners, our presenting sponsor, RBC, our speaker sponsor DLC were very unwavering in their support right off the bat. So it gave us a lot of confidence. It gave us a lot of uh, sort of determination uh to stay with the dinner and to sort of treat it like a normal year and of course to have you back. You're gonna be interviewing uh you're gonna be interviewing Magic Johnson Woo-hoo! on March third. Yeah, exactly. Um I thought that's what I thought you were going with the whole legend. <laughs> Let's get
3: back to me here for a second. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. yeah
7: james and Irvin. so (laughs) we actually so because we had to pivot a little bit like everybody else we actually have launched a provincial wide 50 50 draw right which actually just launched yesterday it's almost at a thousand dollars it just launched like late last night so we're already doing pretty well with that we are also giving away uh through a raffle a fully loaded 2021 luxury cadillac what yeah so usually at the dinner you, there's a bidding war and someone gets it for let's say forty thousand dollars. That's wonderful, but now we want everyone to sort of partake in it. And you don't have to spend forty thousand dollars. You just have to buy a few raffle tickets, uh, which is incredible. We've had great, you know, we've had great feedback with that. Also, you can win a seven night Maui vacation. Uh, you can win the car. The fifty fifty. Uh, tons of great prizes. And this is all live right now. We are literally doing our media launch uh, today. So it's super exciting. Uh, We're going to get some great traction with it, of course, being virtual this year only. We're going to reach a lot more people, not just in the room. So it's a chance for everyone who hasn't been able to go to the dinner to see it, to be a part of it, sell an auction, live auction, this good stuff. It's going to be great.
4: Oh, that was my question, Jason. Because I had some people when we talked about it last time going, "Hey, man, are they limited? Can I get tickets to that? I've never been. There's not a limit, are there? And where would people be able to buy tickets to the JCC Sports Center? You can get
7: tickets on JCCSportsCenter.com dot com. You can follow us at uh, jccsportscenter. Also on all of our socials. Uh, we are tickets only thirty six dollars. Like if you just want to get single tickets, and we've never really had single tickets. Uh, in the last ten years, we've been sold out. We've been sold out weeks or months in advance. So this is exciting. We don't have a limit as to who can uh, as to who can watch, who can tune in, uh, which is also pretty exciting. So we're still selling our corporate tables. We actually have a really neat. Uh, function this year where you can still entertain and get the uh, networking and entertainment faction where we're selling. Uh, if you still want to get a table, you are in, let's say, a virtual room with nine people, and you can still talk and interact, which is really cool. Or if you're mm-hmm. just a sports fan and just want to watch just yourself, only $36, jccsportsdinner.com, and you get all the goodies of selling auction, live auction, and get to experience the whole night.
3: jccsportsdinner.com, and that's where you can get your raffle tickets for the to win a cat. Man, this might be the only time I could afford a caddy. This might be it. <laughs> no, pretty good. I'm in. Uh, hey, listen, Jason, looking forward to this. It's coming up uh, pretty quick uh, on March 3rd, uh, a chance to uh, win a Cadillac. A 50-50 is up and running right now. Let's see if we can beat Alberta's Hockey Canada World Junior uh, 50-50. Yeah, I know. Last week. That was insane, man. Uh, nice to catch tough. up
7: with you. Yeah, Good to catch up with you. Okay, thanks for your support.
3: Awesome. Thanks, Jason. That's uh, Jason Tack have been, uh the uh, co-chairman of the JCC Sports Dinner coming up March 3rd, Magic Johnson, the keynote speaker, and you can win a Cadillac. How about that, Pear?
4: Enough said right there. Um, it, fantastic, and I tell you what, there's not too many places you can go listen to Irvin Magic Johnson speak for under $40. I mean, you can now. Uh, that That's a great price for the JCC Sports Dinner. Looking forward to it. Can't wait to hear the match talk because it's all about business. It's all about sports. Uh, it'll be fascinating to see it yeah everybody could use a caddy man there's so many 50 50s and raffles going on sit at home don't watch netflix spend 10 15 and you never know if you're going to change your life just by online but a great cause looking forward to that i know you are too it should be great to talk to magic
3: uh jcc is the website you can check it out jcc okay hey look we found murph murph's alive and we found him, and he's going to join us in a moment. A reminder that this hour is a presentation of Surrey Honda, located at 152nd and Fraser Highway. Go check out Nasir. Go see Gilbert. Go see John and Allen. You can check them out. They'll take good care of you. Located at 152nd and Fraser Highway, where you'll find quality and community. And Dan Murphy joins us next. Talking Canucks. After all, we're your home of the Canucks. Sportsnet 650.
0: This is the starting lineup with James Cebulski and Perry Solkowski on Sportsnet 650.
3: All right, 844. Scott Ritual show coming your way at the top of the clock. John Garrett, John Clayton, an all John show coming up with Scotty coming at 9 o'clock this morning. James Cebulski, Perry Solkowski with you. And we found him, Per. We found him. He's alive.
4: Maybe a, little, a few extra squats if it was leg there or something. Murph, did you forget about us?
1: Well, yeah. I wish I had a good excuse. I mean, I got up this morning, and like usual, I saw the uh, you know the notification from the tweet from six fifty, and that reminded me that I was going to be on. And then I came back from the gym, and I started dealing with the child, and the phone was on silent, and I forgot. And then that's always a good feeling when you go back to your phone and see four missed calls. You're like, oh yeah, I was supposed to do radio. So I have Murph. no good excuse.
3: Murph, I feel I feel like the excuse is based on the uh, the new diet that you were telling me about yesterday at the rink.
1: <laughs> I can't even <laughs> remember what the new diet was. Oh yeah, yeah maybe,
3: maybe maybe maybe. Uh, hey, let's let's dive in here. We're about fifteen minutes away from uh, Louis clearing uh, waivers, uh, a move that surprised probably a lot of people and excited a lot of. What, what's what's the end game here? Utica or Taxi Squad? Most likely.
1: Um, I, I'm still kind of thinking Taxi Squad. Just for the mere fact is they don't really know what they have in Hoaglander yet, right? You hope you have a top six forward. You hope you have a guy that can play at the NHL level consistently, but you don't know. Um, so if you get three, four games ending to decide that he's not the answer and all of a sudden, then Erickson's your third option and Jake is your second. So Jake goes in and now you're one injury away from maybe needing Louie. Uh, and he's in Utica, and you can't call him up because he needs two weeks for quarantine. So I don't think – I mean, I think if you look at it in a vacuum Mm -hmm. and you think about the forwards are going to carry and the extra forwards in the taxi squad, I think that he still is one of their top 16 forwards. I mean, I don't think you can question that. Uh, But the question is, can they force his hand? If you think you can force his hand to walk away, if he doesn't want to report it's a bit of a get out of jail free card, especially for trying to maybe pick something up this season before the deadline, and especially going into next season where you could save yourself uh, several million on the cap. So, I, I mean, I think the end game they'd like it for it to be a termination of contract and the guy retiring. Um, but you know, this was the first step that people were waiting for, and I still kind of think he's, he's bound for the taxi squad. But I have no insider information. In fact, I was told yesterday they weren't really sure quite yet what they were going to do. Now, maybe that was a fib, uh, but I'm sure they're working out all different angles and trying to figure out the best best way to make this work.
4: And Murph, that's what I wonder, right? I mean, people were surprised at this. It, it, he was going to be there. He doesn't deserve to be on the on the opening night roster, but he does deserve to be in the NHL on some taxi squad. But as you said, would you not think they would have a little bit of an indication to know Man, if today we send him to Utica, he is not going to ride buses. He's not going to be into that quarantine situation. He will say, thanks, guys. It's been a wonderful run. Um, don't you think they have that indication? I, it's, it's like you can't talk to free agents, but you know they're talking. Do you not think they would have a feel for what Louis's mindset would be if indeed they said you're going to Utica?
1: Yeah, I, I'm sure they've. They've talked, but I, I remember last year Louie Remember uh, saying he's got no intention of walking away. Now, maybe if you send him down this year and he goes down this year because it's a, you know, it's a shortened season, maybe he says, "heck, I'm going to go down this year. I'm going to collect my money. Uh, I'll wait till the summer. I'll collect my million dollar bonus on July 1st or whatever the bonuses is handed out this year after the season, and then I'll make my decision on next season. Um, because you know it's not a full season in Utica. Maybe he can handle staying at the Double tree. For a while. I don't know where his family is. Uh, but if you do it this season, that might give him pause for next season. And although he may say this year, I'm good for it, uh, after doing it for this season, he might say, heck no, I won't go next year. So, I mean, it could be twofold, right? To um, give him a taste of it this year, uh, and hopefully then next year, he doesn't want to do that. And You know what, listen, Louis Erickson has been um, a good a good guy for this franchise. He is not what they signed him to be. He has not produced. He's got 38 goals, I think, in the four seasons. Um, you know, it wasn't his fault they gave him all this money, but it hasn't worked out. And I, I feel bad for him a little bit, but he's collected $32 bucks out of 36 uh, it, yeah. it probably is time to, to cut bait um, and see what, what might happen because, uh, you know, for this season and especially next, uh, those cap dollars are, are super valuable.
3: I just wonder do they still have those free... Freshly baked chocolate chip cookies at the Double Tree, because that that
1: could be enticing
3: oh. for Louie, right?
1: Maybe not in COVID.
3: <laughs> yeah, fair enough. We might what? be handing those out right now. Challenging right. times, man. These these unique, difficult, challenging times. Uh, is it fair to say, looking at that that second power play unit yesterday, watching them out there, Gaudet, Fortanin, Schmidt, Hoaglander, um, Pearson. It, it feels like, man, there's a significant upgrade on the skill level for that second unit compared to where it looked like it was just a one-trick pony last year. Is that fair?
1: Mm-hmm. I think that's fair, uh, but I am happy that they're loading up that first unit. I mean, I, I see in yeah. Toronto they're trying to spread it out a little bit and have two very, very good units. I, I, I'm all for loading up the first one. They're going to be out there for uh minute 15, minute 20 in that range most of the time. Um, and then you send out your second unit, and this second unit has, obviously, guys who can score. Um, But I liked what Nate Schmidt said uh, yesterday, too, about the second unit. When you've got 20, 30 seconds out there, um, you want to score, but at that point it's more about keeping the momentum, about shoot-first mentality, about keeping on some pressure. And if you get a goal, great. If you don't, you want to make sure your team has some momentum coming out of that power play. So I'm with you. It looks pretty good. But I still think I'm more excited for that first unit being out there 90 seconds and, uh, once again, trying to be one of the top five power plays in the league.
4: Three weeks ago, Murph, I think we were all of the mindset. It might be a, a year where they, they take a step back just so they can take two forward next year. Yeah. With Hammond here, Hoaglander going home just maybe, uh, do you think that's still the sentiment?
1: Well, see, here's the thing. Like, I, I think you look at this, this Canadian division and, you know, I see holes pretty much in most teams, you know, um, and you want to think that some teams improve. Like Calgary, yes, they got their goaltending, but they lost T.J. Brody, right? Uh, Edmonton made some nice depth signings at Ford for sure, but what about their goaltending? You know, Montreal is going to miss the playoffs by a mile, and they've made some real shrewd signings, but how much better are they? So I think I'm with most people. I think two through six in this division – I have no idea. And it might only be separated by like six, seven points. So I think if you look at the roster now as compared to the start of last season, I think there's an argument to say it's better, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Defensively, certainly it's the same at Ford. The big question mark is can Holtby Mm -hmm. and Demko give you close to what Markstrom gave you last season? If the answer is yes, then maybe this team doesn't take a step back. If the answer is they can't get close to what he gave you, And I certainly think this this team will take a bit of a step back. So to me, it it rests, I don't want to say solely on the goaltending, but I think that's where uh, the big momentum swing could be for this team. It's either a step back or, hey, this is a good tandem. Uh, They'll win us some games, and certainly this could be a playoff team. I'm not saying it won't be.
3: Well, uh, we'll do it for real starting uh, tomorrow night. Uh, Oilers and Canucks, uh, first of a double dip, and then it's off to Calgary on the weekend. Uh, It's going to be fast. It's going to be furious. It's nice to see you back to work. I'm glad we found you. Um, Search and rescue in the North Shore can stand down here. And uh, thanks for doing this this morning, buddy. Ah,
1: All right, guys. I'll make sure I set a second alarm next week. (laughs) Thanks,
3: Murph. Everybody (laughs) breathing a sigh of relief. Thanks, Murph. All right, boys. Take care. There he is. Uh, sportsnet Stan Murphy uh, with his thoughts on the Canucks, and um, we will uh, be breaking it all down all day. uh, Now, there's no confirmation just yet, but I know that the station is still trying to track down Jim Benning. He was supposed to join the program yesterday, Pair. Ultimately, uh, Jim had to uh, duck out at the last minute, but I know that they are talking about trying to reschedule that uh, possibly today or maybe even later on this week.
4: Let the speculation begin when Jim said he would appear and then he's not. You're going, oh, he's busy. Something's cooking. Something's cooking. We'll find out what's going on at the top of the hour as far as waiver wire anybody picked up and then where the Canucks will be assigning these players. As Murph said, it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility, and our poll question was exactly that. Where do you think Louis Erickson is going? Is it a possibility that he could be hanging out with this team or you think that he might be going on the taxi squad? And James, it's pretty much been, been even up all morning long with people thinking 57% say he's on the taxi squad. 43 think he could be going to Utica. We'll find that out today.
1: We'll do it all again tomorrow right here on your home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650.